This is Queen Victoria. Welcome to Murder Lab, the podcast where I don't just discuss one serial killer. I discuss several serial killers and something they have in common. We're going to do something a little different. I have a guest with me tonight in the lab. It is my socially distant assistant and immoral support, but we have altered the social distancing requirements for this show, and Igor has left the dungeon and is sitting six feet from me. Yes. So we're still technically socially distant, but we have Igor. No masks, but I've got a full body condom on. Igor's always safe, no matter what. Yes. What will we be discussing? We thought that maybe we won't do serial killer tonight, but we'll stay with true crime. And Igor had the idea that she would read something, and then I would read something, and then we would present these things to each other, and that would be the fun of the show. So I don't really know what she's going to tell me about. She kind of roughly told me, but I only have... It's been a few weeks ago. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. We'll let her go first, and then I'll do my thing. Well, I guess first let's get out of the way, because Igor always makes sure to tell me that I need to remind everyone. Like, subscribe, share, share, share. Share, share, share. So do those things or else Igor will put me in the dungeon and you can go to (laughs) murderlabmedia.com and keep an eye on the Facebook and Instagram. Got all kinds of goodies coming up. So let's just go ahead and, and dive into it. So Igor, what is your topic tonight? My topic is the headless men of Nahani Valley. Ooh. Yes, I just learned about it. So I've got a few sources here I'm going to go through. And it should be very intriguing. The first source is from OutdoorJournal.com. 1908, we're talking, because you know I like old-timey yeah, stuff. Yeah. Brothers Willie and Frank McLeod All right. went searching for gold. Ooh. Two years later, their bodies were found without the heads uh. on the Nahani River, which is in Canada. Hmm. What are you talking about? Nine years later, Martin Georgeson set off in his quest for gold, sending letters saying he was successful, but his cabin was set aflame and his remains were found among his ashes without his noggin. <gasps> no head. No head. He was headless in Seattle, or Nahani as this were. Mm. 1945. An Ontario miner's body, no name was given for this, so okay. it just says unnamed was found in his sleeping bag with no cranium. Mm. The Nahani Valley is such a sacred place that there are many parts of it which are closed off to the general public. Now, Foders Travel, I'm going to be reading from the haunting story of this Canadian national park. You can only reach this uh, Nahani River, this place, by float plane or boat. Its impenetrable forest and mountains may be the primary reason Nahani sees limited visitors, but perhaps it's also because the park is shrouded in macabre legends befitting its menacing landscape. Macabre. The supernatural lore has earned Nahani the moniker the Valley of the Headless Men, and many believe this UNESCO World Heritage Site to be haunted. Well, this is an Igor thing. UNESCO is owned by Nabisco, allegedly. I have nothing to back yeah, that up just with. Just because it rhymes. Well, they have the, the the thing where it's float plane or boat. So they're into the, the rhyming. So, yeah, you know, I, why I, not? Who knows? UNESCO, Ubisco. When British writer and explorer Raymond Patterson set out to the Nahani region from Fort Smith in 1927, he received an ominous piece of advice, according to Neil Hartling in his book, Nahani, River of Gold, River of Dreams. Men vanish in that country. 
And down the river, they say it's a damn good country to keep clear of. You like that? Like everything winds up being Southern in some way? I, that's the only thing I can really yeah. do. That or Govna. But them, McLeod brothers, had the hankering for them nuggets and left Alberta in 1904 for Gold Creek. So apparently they went, they did well, they went home, but returned back a year later to Nahani to repeat, hopefully, the victory. They were never seen alive again. Bum, bum. Their brother Charles, there's a lot of McLeod brothers, yeah. the McLeodses. Sure. Their brother Charles went searching for them in 1908, and he located two skeletons at their camp with very large bulbous heads. Missing! I added that. Large bulbous heads I wondered, thing. I'm like, had... I Okay. Because <laughs> I, I was always seeing the heads. Well, I guess that makes extra work if you have a really big head for yeah. that to be removed. Uh, one man had his li- his arms outstretched towards the, his gun. The blankets were thrown across his brother as if he leapt suddenly from the bed. <laughs> That's from the paper. Okay. Um, from that day forward, the valley has been known as Dead Men Valley and the creek called Headless Creek. They also supposedly had a Scottish engineer with them that was never seen again. I don't think there's the name of the engineer, but I'll, um, as I'm reading through this next one, maybe it has it, but I don't recall. They just, of course, it's there's a third person not to be seen again. After Georgensen's demise in 1917, papers told of headhunters in the area. According to Strange Outdoors, Nahani is from the language of the indigenous people, um, Dene people, that have inhabited the region for thousands of years and means the people over there. Hey. <laughs> in reference to the tribe of mountain-dwelling people known as the Naha. Naha! who were once known to raid lowland settlements before mysteriously vanishing. There is speculation that they may have been the ancestors of the modern-day Navajo people. So then we got we go to 1962. The pilot of a light aircraft miraculously survived a crash unscathed and set about building a camp a short distance from the place where the plane went down. So he thought he was equipped to survive. He had a lot of food, shelter, provisions. So he started writing down his experiences thinking, oh, this isn't going to take long for them to come get me. It ended up that he was only six miles as the crow flies from his destination. And I want to know why they don't measure it in like butterfly or as a swallow flies or something. I don't think it's as scientific, but but I like it. Yeah, so it's 10 miles as a butterfly flies. But six months later, his plane was discovered, followed by the camp and his diary. To this day, no further trace of him has ever been found. Hmm. Through the years, the other camps were found with, it says, remains and scattered equipment, as if someone wanted the valley to themselves. The big one is 1931, Albert Johnson. Now, it says that that was a pseudonym. I want to know how they knew that. And anyway, I I always have a lot of more in-depth questions than my research will allow. But it says Albert Johnson was a pseudonym, and he lived about 40 miles away from the largest town. He was known as being kind of weird. As a matter of fact, they called him the Mad Trapper of Rat River, which is what a my sorority named to be, but it wasn't. So there were complaints to the RCMP. You know what that is, right? Yeah, my brain is not working. The Royal Mount... Uh, Royal, no, yeah. The Royal... Canadian Mount Police. Police. That's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. going to let you jump in. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> so they compl- people complained to the police saying, hey, it's got to be this crazy ass. Two of the RCMP dudes went out, but Johnson refused to let them in. So they decided to come back with a warrant. The 80s band. Warrant. Yeah. Pour some cherry on me. They Pour insisted. some cherry? 
pour some cherry. Oh my god, <laughs> that's not bad. It was Def Leppard, and that's so pour some sugar on me. Okay, cherry pie. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> she's my cherry pie. So they came back with a warrant. <laughs> Declaring she's my cherry They come pie. in with a, with a warrant, the 80s band. And she says, she's <laughs> pour some cherry pie on me. Woo! I think that uh, whiskey at dinner might not have been the best plan. Really? And it's been a while, And it's too. been a while, so Wowza. I have no excuse. Go Wowza. ahead. So four guys went back from the RCMP about like five days later. And there ended up being a gunfight. And Johnson fled only to be caught a month later when he was shot. They found at that point that he had gold teeth they suspect taken from prospectors, thus calling into question if he was the murderer. Murder. And then there was also some stuff about, you know, I read about, like, they saw UFOs and there were some oh. Bigfoot sightings over well, sure. the years through that stuff. But I obviously didn't want to focus on that. Yeah. Although I find that stuff interesting. Sure. Still, I want to keep to I mean, the... they bring Bigfoot into everything. Missing heads. Maybe yeah, maybe huh. he collected the heads to go bowling. Bigfoot mm-hmm. bowling. Or he had them for his lair, wherever he hangs out. Instead of, you know, we have... His Bigfoot grotto. Exactly. So he had their heads up there to decorate the walls. So what do you think? So what how is your... many people total? It was like... Let's see. We got the McLeod brothers. And then we had the Ontario miner. No name. And then, so the dude that, was that the miner that was gone for like 50 days and then he just disappeared? Well, that was the pilot dude, I believe. Oh, that's right. Okay, so the miner did have his head missing. 1962. Okay. Right. The pilot, they didn't say anything about his, they said his, no further trace of him has ever been found. Okay. So but they count that as one of the mysteries, I guess. And it's but, all in the same area. Right. It's okay. all in the same area. Gotcha. There have been the McLeod brothers, Georgensen, the Scottish engineer, but he hadn't seen again. So I guess that there was like, I don't know, four maybe hmm. headless dudes. And it looked like, at least in one case, they know it looked like they were they fought. It looked like, yeah, they said they had a, it looked like he was reaching for his gun, if that was all. But I supposedly that brother, Charles McLeod, was the one that found them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Hmm. unless that was all kind of written up to sell some papers. Hmm. So the the dude that they thought could have done it, why was, what did you say was the reason they thought maybe he could have been the one that did it? He found the gold from the teeth of... They thought it was from prospectors. Oh, so they okay. found so they teeth thought, that well, he had been pried okay. out. Gotcha. So, so, so they, they wondered he might have been from right, the, right, taking their heads and stealing. And their over the years, teeth. they also had blamed it on like bears and maybe native, you know, natives or something. But it, yeah, yeah. if their heads are completely gone, but the rest of the body's there, I don't think it was bears. I don't think that's a common maybe bear Bigfoot activity in the bears. I don't know. There's a there's a cult. Just a side note: I was doing a uh, hunter killer. Mm. party i don't know what that meant that i was doing a hunter killer party that's weird sounds fancy um, yeah so some of us got together so we were doing a hunter killer and it was a possible bear attack and so we literally wow. had to have discussions like would bears do this would bears maybe the bear if the bear was hugging him then maybe he'd get those marks so it's just interesting they i'm having huggers. another bear They're attack for... talk yeah it just was a hug turn just deadly i've had that happen wrong. in college i don't doubt it anyway hunter killer I just have to throw that in there because <laughs> I'm super They're excited. not even, no one's supporting us at this point. We're getting no advertising. <laughs> it's fine, though, because that's how you get it. At any rate, I don't really know what I believe about it. I think it's likely someone probably was just lopping heads. It was the lopper. The Seinfeld. lopper, yes. Yeah. I've, well, you know, I also have to, I'm Mr. talking Marbles? about Killer and I have to mention Seinfeld. So there was a lopper on the loose. 
and just for that long from like well that's, that's what i was about to say to so start in 1908 and it went into the 60s but the 60s they didn't find the dude they didn't find that's, the okay, pilot they didn't find that one so but in the 30s you know it could have come to an end when that albert johnson dude yeah the so mad I could trapper see from 1908 to like the 30s because Maybe. they'd be depending on how old they right. were i mean it's possible they could have been or it's a weird thing where you know, if you're in the backwoods, I don't know. Crazy shit happens. So there could have been, like, one person, a one isolated incident where they were stealing from them or something happened. And then it was a completely different incident that happened 30 so, years later. like or... headhunters? So you kind of... I you... mean, maybe, yeah. Maybe it could have been. Are you I don't subscribing, know. prescribing to the headhunter theory? I'm not married to anything at this point. But Put a I'm ring on it, then. throwing in that maybe it's isolated incidents and it just happens to be in that same area. I'm like you, where I think it's interesting to think, well, if it was UFO, if it was some kind of crazy, supernatural, was a Wokalar from Private Eyes, <laughs> you, you don't know. So I do like that. I like the spooky nature of it where we can't pinpoint, you know, if maybe there was something supernatural or weird. Or, mm -hmm. It is interesting. I'm on board with it no matter what. Who I it think was. you know what my theory is. Yeah. I want you to say big, it. Big feet. It was a Bigfoot. I think it's technically Bigfoots from big last feet. podcast on the left. Wasn't big, it Bigfoots? Was it Big Feet? No, I'm pretty sure he said Foots because I thought that Henry was like, are you sure? And Marcus was like, yeah, I looked this up. So I'm pretty sure he said Foots. I, I do have a tendency to remember the wrong thing because I'm so trying so hard not to remember the wrong thing that that's what I remember. But I'm almost positive it was Foots. The multiple of Bigfoot is bread slice. We are going to take a break, <laughs> and then we'll jump into mine. So we have an update on the Bigfoot Big Feats, Igor. Controversy is that we have a lot of different things to support both. We've got the, let's see, Cora says Bigfoot is like deer. One deer, 12 deer. One Bigfoot, 12 Bigfoot. And the Wiktionary, which I'd never heard of before, says that it could be plural Bigfoot or Big Feet or Bigfoots. Okay. I wonder, but you can't call it Big Feetses. No, that's, but that's ridiculous. But I, that's ridiculous. I want to call it Big Feetses <laughs> now. Well, so I wonder who uh, Marcus's definitive... Uh... I don't... We'll have to listen to that one again. Well, Zeus has a lot to say about it. If you hear that uh, cat meowing, that is uh, our kitty Zeus. I think that the plural should be Sasquatch. That's confusing. I saw a Bigfoot. There was four, so they were Sasquatch. Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess that will clear it up some. I read a book, and of course, because I have a stack of just true crime in general books. So when I was looking through my true crime books to decide which one to read about, I just looked at the backs and I chose the one that seemed the most interesting. And then, of course, I realized, oh, it's also the biggest book. So I chose the biggest, longest book to do a casual you, episode you're sabotaging. On. Yeah, I, I love to do that. <laughs> what is weird, and I'm going to throw this in here real fast and then we'll jump on into it. On Monday, we're coming out with the Reigns Brothers. I know I've been promising it for like a month, but I promise it's coming out Monday. The Reigns Brothers were from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Mm -hmm. I had never heard of it. You hadn't? I don't think so. Really? I don't know. I would think you I remember a that. Life. Ah. So Kalamazoo, Michigan. The weird thing is, and I totally did not pay attention to where this book, I don't think it even says on the back. It doesn't say where it's from. It, it says it's from Marshall, Michigan, right? So I start reading. 
and they mention this is right near Kalamazoo. Totally didn't even mean to. It's that weird synchronicity, right? Where I just happened to pick a book that was in the same weird town as the other serial. You know killers. what that means? You're doing what you should I'm doing be doing. What I should be doing. Tell my mama, because she won't believe us. Never. I and, don't talk to her. Yeah, I don't blame you. The book is Eye of the Beholder by Lowell Caulfield, and he's written several true crime books. I have another one, and it always leaves my brain when I try to think of it. But he's he's a true crime novelist, and that's part of why this book stood out, because I'd recognize the name. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'll buy it. Eye of the Beholder. So it is about, to set the scene, Diane Newton King. She worked in Battle Creek, Michigan, and which was the home of Kellogg's, hmm. the Post Division of General Foods. And Ralston's Purina. They're great. So they've got some... Is that the Kellogg's? Uh, or is that something else? What is Tony the Tiger? Nabisco. That's Frosted Frakes, yeah. He's what with UNESCO. What is your thing with Nab- He's Oh my God, what is your thing with Nabisco? <laughs> what is happening? He's with UNESCO. <laughs> so moving forward, it is known as the Town of Hospitality. Mm. So that kind of gives you an idea of what this town's like. So it's not a town known for crime or anything like that. Okay. It's a very friendly, homey town. Diane Newton King winds up shot in her driveway. Oh. So basically she is shot in her driveway. Her husband comes back from a walk behind their property and finds her dead. Mm-hmm. And or at least splayed on the ground. And so he calls the police and they discover that she's dead. This might jump around a little bit because I'm going to go kind of through the order of the book. Okay. I'll ask questions. Okay. So she's a news reporter. Mm-hmm. And there's a theory that she had a stalker, but this is in like 1990. And this is before there was stalking laws, right? at least in this state. Killing famous people had just become a problem. So it wasn't really a big right. thing before. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an important part of the story that this is, this is at the early part of this whole thing. Her and her husband had married July 21st, 1984. They had a huge ceremony complete with bagpipes. So it was like this big affair. Wow. They had their first kid in 1988 named Marler. Yeah. Mm. I was like, okay. Mm. It was named after her dad, Herbert George Marler. So I guess she didn't like Herbert or George. Just went she went the with Marler. the Marler. It's unique. Yeah. She added Newton to her name after her stepfather, Royal Newton. So she thought Diane King was good, but Diane Newton King, mm-hmm. it does. It has this nice, I think it's interesting that her stepfather's first name was Royal, and she married a guy with the last name King. Isn't Interesting. That kind of a, yeah. I don't know, just, it's just a weird. It's not like a meaning anything, but it's still kind of interesting. interesting. She was half Mohawk and was heavily involved in the Native American heritage. What half? I'm going to pretend like you didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> First, I imagined her with a Mohawk. Uh, well, you know, it's more fun that way. She's half Native American, and she really delved into her mom actually grew up on a reservation so she embraced but it was her actually heritage. yeah so i think it was actually like her mom wasn't as she she felt the harshness of it mm-hmm. but her daughter was like well i want to embrace it i want to be so she became really active in it to the point where that when marler was baptized they he was baptized at a catholic church but it was also a native american ceremony so they put hmm. native american thing rituals and stuff they gave him a the, mohawk yeah at this time they were living in colorado when mm-hmm. the baby got baptized and stuff like that their second child was born November 20th, 1990, and by this time, they had moved into a farmhouse in Battle Creek, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Brad was a criminal justice instructor at Western Michigan University. This is the husband? Yes. Okay. Brad's the husband. And he's uh, 
Bald white dude. No mohawk. No mohawk. Diane became the main anchor at WUHQ Channel 41. The only TV station with news located in Battle Creek. So it's kind of like a big deal. Yeah. And it's an ABC affiliate. Mm. So she had gone, and I'm pretty sure that I read that she didn't like start off like as a journalist or anything like that. She decided what's fairly late for that kind of thing mm -hmm. to become one. And people were kind of like, well, what, how old was she? Not that it matters, but I was oh, curious. Oh, son of a goat. Oh, crap. I think she might have been in her 30s. Okay. I just was curious. So she was like a go-getter, mm -hmm. and she got what she wanted. At any rate, they were planning on their second child. They had a son and a daughter. The daughter was, I believe it's Kateri. Marla. I'm not sure where that, I can't remember Kateri. if that was a Native American name. I can't remember if they okay. said. So maybe we'll just call her Kat. They were working on her christening. It was scheduled for February 24th, 1991. Mm -hmm. And this was also going to be in a Catholic church. Saturday... February 9th, at 6.49, a call goes to the Marshall Police on the unrecorded line, mm. which means the caller dialed zero and an operator patched it through. Hmm. He was yelling, distraught, and basically he's like, my wife is in the driveway. I, sh I think she might be dead. You need to come help. You need to come help. So it wasn't 911 they called. He called. He dialed zero. And we'll, we'll get to that okay. when he Just explains it. To make yeah, sure. that's, that is kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Well, then the sheriff goes to the house and he's worked with the police for like 13 years. Grew up in that house. Hmm. How interesting. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That, so he knows that house in and out. Just to give you an indication of where the house is located. So it's a farmhouse. Mm -hmm. It's There are only three houses on the north side. Their house is on the south side. It's a second home half a mile down the road. So it's pretty isolated. Mm -hmm. There aren't, it's, it's not like right. there are houses right around it is basically what I'm getting at. She drove a silver Jeep Wagoneer. It was parked in the lot of the driveway in the part that was heading toward the house. The body was next to the Jeep. She was two feet from the left rear tire on her back, legs folded under her at the knees. Hmm. Her dark straight hair was spread around her head on the gravel. Her arms extended over her head, palms up. There was a preschooler crying in the car in the child seat in the back. So that's Marler. There was an infant next to him in the car seat, silent. So that's Cat. She was wearing, Diane was wearing running shoes, lounge pants, a sweatshirt. She had blood near her nostril and he didn't feel a pulse. He sees movement and hears yelling on the porch and then realizes that might be that's probably the husband and the and he's yelling hey help her okay. you know the rescue unit comes at 6:54 now the cop the call came to the police at 6:49 so the rescue unit comes at 6:54 huh. so that's within 10 minutes mm -hmm. one of the EMTs realizes she might still be alive like huh. he thought he heard breath okay he cuts her shirt open and opens her shirt because they thought maybe it could be cardiac arrest so they're getting ready to defib her and they have to check for other injuries and mm -hmm. They see a gunshot wound. Wow. It was a quarter-inch hole to the right of the sternum above the bra line. Just a drop of blood trickled from the wound. One drop. So there was hardly any blood. But it was obviously a, a so little bullet was, wound. So there was blood on her clothing? They Actually, I don't think they saw blood on the clothes. Okay, that's what I wonder, just how much blood. So we know there was a drop. There was blood near her nose. Yeah. And they cut open the shirt. They found the bullet hole with yes. hardly any blood. Right. At this point, Pickett goes to talk to King while the EMTs are doing their thing. Because now they need to intubate her. Right. Okay. So he goes up to King and tells him to stay on the porch. 
You know, he's trying right. to contain things. He notices that Brad King is wearing main boots, which I'm not sure what that is, but he's wearing boots, mm-hmm. green camo pants, a loose camo shirt, a wide-brimmed hat, and striking red felt, complete with a blue feather. Like he had a pimp hat on? <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. Okay, now the, the other camo <laughs> stuff, like he was wa- he was out walking on their land, so I can kind of get it. You, you know, I don't know. But the pimp hat? Yeah, that throws me off too, because my first thought is... Or like, you know those, what was it, our grandma, um, that grandma was a... Uh, those oh, red, red hat, hat ladies. ladies. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was a red hat lady. We don't know. My first thought is his wife's been shot. The husband's there. And he's wearing all camo. So to me, that automatically looks kind of suspicious. Right. But then, you know, maybe it's not. Maybe it's whatever. And he has some things to say about that, too. Never explains the hat, though. So I'm wondering <laughs> if I'm wondering at what point if he just took a walk with that. I don't know. So th- just remember, all camo. How can I forget that? Pimp hat. That's a good point. Okay. So at this point, Pickett's, the deputy, doesn't know if the shooter's still there. He realizes, we have no idea if the shooter's still on the scene. So all of a sudden, like, and then at this point, because other EMTs had heard the call, so, like, three EMT vehicles have come. It's turning into a she big circus. she got, like, circus. three ambulances. Yeah, she like, the three scene, ambulances. The scene's not completely contained. Right. And he's he doesn't a, know anything about that dude. About he's got his husband. church lady hat on. Yeah, he doesn't know what's happening with uh, Pimp, Pimp King. The only other things really around her, there um, there was a leather key wallet about a foot from her legs in the gravel. Nearby was a leather hairband. Now, he did think to take a few pictures of those. Then Officer Harold Badger. We don't need no stinking badger. <laughs> he came, and he was a 15-year-old vet. Then they discover. He's awful young to be in the force. <laughs> He's not 15 years old. He's ah. been on the force for 15 years. And he's not a veterinarian. He's a veteran of the force. Ah. Just a, There was a small hole in the victim's pants, front and center, 10 inches below her waist. So one of the EMTs pulls down the waistband and reveals apparent small caliber bullet wound half inch above the pubic line. So she's Long. been shot twice. She's been shot twice. With no blood. But there's hardly any blood. But it's almost like a, she was dressed again it or is, something. Um, it is 22 caliber, which is a small. So right. I'm imagining, I'm wondering, I, I don't really know a whole lot about gun things, but I'm wondering if it's just almost like a little bit bigger than a BB gun or it's not, it's, you know, it's so small right. that you, but you, but you think you there'd be more the, blood. Do the clothing though, would, wouldn't it be torn or something? Well, they did say that there was a small hole. Okay. All right. So that's what made him hmm. want to pull it down. At this point, King is crying and pacing. He said that he'd heard quite a few gunshots that day when they're like, well, did you hear any gunshots? And he's like, well, no, I heard gunshots all throughout the day because I live out in, you know. So he's like, I didn't really think anything about the ones I did hear. Well, we know there would have been two gunshots. Another cop comes and they notice, well, there's not much blood, though she was shot, small caliber and no exit wounds. So that might actually be a big reason why there's not as much blood because there weren't any exit wounds. So I guess maybe she's basically hemorrhaging. But still, at that point, yeah. yeah. Now, 7.08, about 20 minutes from the first dispatch, 14 minutes after they arrived, the ambulance left with her. Kids are still sitting in the car. Hmm. They realize, as the detectives are looking around, they notice there's a barn. And, well, of course, the dude who lived there knew the barn was there. Mm-hmm. The exterior is well lit by a barnyard vapor lamp and also two motion-detecting floodlights. So it's well lit. There's this a loft. Is, this is daytime. This is it. No, right now, this is like seven o'clock at night. Okay. All right. 
Right. So that's why that's important that there are lights. Okay. So the barn's well lit, and there's a loft, and the loft door was open. They measured it later. It was seven inches. Mm -hmm. And he gets to thinking, I can see the barn from right here. Like, where I'm standing next to her body... Oh, you can see the barn loft. Like I wonder if, kind of thing. and the way she was shot, it looked right. it was from a distance over wow. eight feet. So he's like, "What if they're yeah? They like sniper shot. Mm-hmm. They go up to the loft, and the inside floor scattered with straw because it's a fucking farmhouse. They're shining their flashlights because there's no light in the barn where they are. They catch a gleam of something. It's a spent twenty-two caliber casing. Ooh. And if ding, had ding. they not been shining a flashlight. It matched the floor. Like, it, right. it, you know, so they, it was a, like needle in a haystack. So they actually found this casing. So they're like, well, that's for they something. They were here. They, yeah. were, they, uh, they apparently shot her from this loft. Hmm. As they're talking to King Badger, <laughs> he's badgering King. Ba-dum-bum. Yeah, I don't know. He noticed that King's boots were clean and shiny. But he said he went for a walk. But he said he went for a walk. And it was muddy. So it had just, it had rained. So there was mud. Why was she in the driveway? She had gone to Detroit to visit her family for the weekend. So she was just coming home from visiting her family. He finally gets the kids out of the car and then and asks, finally asks how his wife is doing. Hmm. He calls someone to come get the kids. He apparently told one cop he wanted to be at the hospital with his wife. It turns out King had been a cop for at least 12 years. Really? On the Pontiac Police Department in Detroit. Hmm. So that is a big deal because people were like, they would, they noticed he wasn't running up to the body and he right. was staying out of the way. And like, I don't know that he would have had to be told to stay on the porch because at no point did they have to hold him up. And they said, and they even asked like one of the EMTs later and he's like, I have never seen a case where the loved one is mm-hmm. able to keep themselves away from them. You know, their loved one that's been wounded. Devil's advocate but though, as a people cop. Act, yeah, exactly. That's what he said. He said, but the thing is, as a cop, I knew I needed to stay out of the way. Right. Because I was not going to help them if I disrupted anything. Right. So that's his defense is, right. yeah, I'm a cop. My copness kicked in and, and I knew I needed to stay calm and let yeah, the yeah. cops do their thing. Plus and there I was wanted three to do ambulances. That. Right. He's like, I wanted a, to do that. But, yeah. but you know, and, and he could have been in shock. That's the thing about this is, is that you'll see it's a tough one. Diane's mom calls to see if Diane made it home. Mm-hmm. And that's when Brad's like, oh, there's been an accident. And she's like, what the fuck? And then yeah. basically he's just like hangs up. Like nice. he's just kind of like, yeah, I'll get back to and you. And it turns out there have been break-ins in the area. So the neighbors were kind of wondering, well, what's mm-hmm. going on? Does it have to do with that? Mm-hmm. Or Then it comes out. They dive into this. Diane had filed a complaint a few months ago because she got a stalker letter. Mm. It said the stalker letter was in the magazine cutout. Classic. That said, you should have gone to lunch with me. She found it the night before Halloween in her mailbox, so it had been hand-delivered. There were no return. Mm-hmm. She also told them she had started getting calls at the news station. Hmm. It was a man in his 20s or 30s. He said his name once, but she forgot it. Mm-hmm. And then she said he spoke slowly and deliberately. He wanted to know how to get into show business or, you know, news business. And she kind of gently, you know, well, then he kept calling like three times a week. Finally, he just stopped. Then... At the end of the summer, he started again. And this time he's like, I like the way you look. I want to go to lunch with you. And she politely said, fuck off. Mm -hmm. She was nine months pregnant Mm -hmm. when she got that letter. Now, what is extra creepy about this? Mm -hmm. Her house is not listed under her name. So it's not like you could have looked in the phone book. The way this the farm was, 
The farm used to belong to this family called Zim, Z-I-M-M. So a lot of people knew it, knew it as the Zim farm. They called it, that family had called it Thunder Spirit. Okay. And being Native American, mm-hmm. Diane loved it. So mm-hmm. she's like, well, let's just keep us. It was listed as Thunder Spirit in the, in the phone book, I believe. So there was nothing that really connected her to the house unless anybody followed her they or knew anything right. about they her. They did the research. Or if they knew, yeah, if they knew her. That's the only way. So that's why it's extra scary for her. She's like, I get why they could find me at the station. But. But to find my house. To take that time. Yeah. And she plus she's nine months pregnant. You know, so the poor thing is all over the place. That same day, Brad reported an attempted breaking and entering when he was home alone. That day. That day. So there's some questions there. And we can delve more into that as we go. It's a good thing his hat didn't get taken. Oh, that's true. You know. Yeah. Maybe they saw the hat and they're like, okay, I'm not going to mess with any pants. <laughs> they don't have anything good here. <laughs> so then they jump back in the book to she was declared dead on arrival at the hospital mm. when Diane was taken to the hospital. A tracking dog came to the property. The dog did track and they found a heel print near a utility pole back on the property. They also found the dog went to another area and they found some footprints. While the dog's doing his tracking in there, they're going through the timeline with him. She left Thursday morning. She had planned the visit for at least two weeks. So it was a planned visit. Mm-hmm. So at least he knew about it. Her family knew about it. Her work probably knew about it. Right. You know, but they don't know how many people ultimately mm-hmm. knew about it. So she left Thursday. She was going to come, come home that day, which was Saturday. They weren't sure what time. They had never agreed on a time. Mm-hmm. So he was just kind of like, well, just call me before you leave so I know when you'll right. be home. Her mom called at 430. He was taking a nap. And he knew it was 430 because he kind of, he looked at the VCR time. And then he thought, well, it takes about an hour, 15 minutes or an hour, 20 minutes, I believe, something like that. So I've got some time. It takes some time for her to get here. Right. So I think actually he counted on her being home about 6.15, 6.20. So, so, yeah. So he's like, well, I'm going to sleep for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Goes back to sleep. And then he wakes up and he's like, okay, she'll be home in about 15, 20 minutes. So I'm going to take a quick walk because he, he often would go walking on their property in the evening. This property is 500 acres. Wow. Now, not all of it is his. But he does have access to the property. They're allowed to go into this fence or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a lane that goes down to the creek. So he walks down to the creek. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have a watch on. Mm-hmm. So he figures by the light, oh, it's probably around six. I should head back. Walks to the house. He sees her by her car. And then he tells the police later that he thought maybe he had heard a gunshot. Hmm. But then again, he said he had dismissed it. Like, it's not like And he dials zero big and deal. not 911. Um, and he was a cop. Yeah. Which, funny you mentioned it right there. Because when he sees her... He says he shook her to see if she was conscious or whatever. He says he shook her. And then he couldn't remember the police's number. So he just dialed zero. Hmm. So there's a couple things there. You can take it a couple different ways. Like the first one is you're a cop and you can be calm enough when after your wife's dead. But after you're, the right. EMTs are there, you can be calm then. I don't know. It's, it's you forget 911. I mean, I've never been in a traumatic incident. And it is quite possible that he was so shocked and, throw, you know, you, you know how it is if, like, something happens out of nowhere. Oh, right, yeah. That you're just so completely, like, I don't remember my name. Like, right. this is so, it takes over right. your brain. So it could be that he was so overcome that he can't even think, so he just knows dial O or zero or right. whatever it was. The cynical-minded could think, he's a cop. If he did this, he wouldn't want it to go on the recorded line, so he would know to dial for the operator. Mm-hmm. And this There's was that. in the 90s, so zero meant something more than, than Well, now. and that might be a thing, too, is I might be looking at it from... Well, because I'm thinking dial zero when you're in a hotel. Yeah. But yeah, I, I did think, I yeah, can't that remember kind of in the 90s. Like, when do you hit... Because, I, I mean, I'm trying to remember when I got a cell phone. 
90. So now I don't even know if that's a thing. Yeah. So I don't. So I, well, that's what, I guess that's why I was zero, a little. Zero. Yeah. I don't know if that was an option. Right. So I can't remember yeah. that. But he apparently, I don't. So apparently he knew of zero. Like he knew that was mm-hmm. a thing. And again, right. does he know it as a cop? Right. As, as right. a killer? Or does he know it as right. an emotional grieving Did husband? Did he just do it? Husband? And, right. Right. So that's the. Uh, that's the question there. That's an, one of the many, 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 many questions. Now, King, Brad, works on Thursdays teaching criminal justice at the university. He only works on Thursdays. He's basically a stay-at-home dad. People went through and talked about how good he was and how well-liked he was okay. and how he's handsome and all this stuff and that he loved working from home or that he loved being at home with his right. kids and that he wasn't like a slob, that he would look nice he and he never complained about. Yeah, he was he was proud of supporting his wife while of being home taking care of the kids so she could have her career. Mm-hmm. His family, they're from Michigan, but his mom and brother moved to Texas. So they're living in Texas. His dad had passed away. He was known to have a conflict with his in-laws. So Diane's parents mm. did not care for him, and he di- he did not care for them. So there was no love lost there. And they would aggravate each other and, you know, to the point where Diane finally was like, I give up. You can stop trying. This obviously isn't going to work. Yeah, you you do you. Right. Gonna, yeah. He mentions here, because they're kind of talking about the background and everything like that, and he does state that camouflage outfit that he was wearing, that's what he wears when he works outside. Okay. All right. So I can kind of get, it's camo, it won't get dirty. Yeah. It's casual. Right. It's also really good if you're uh, in the woods hanging out and maybe wanting to be on the down low in the dark to shoot someone. Right. But, you know, he says that day he had gotten up at 8, started yard work at 10, ran to lunch at McDonald's, worked outside some more, and then took that nap, and we know from there. Mm-hmm. To get more into the background, he was talking about his history. And so he was a former high school quarterback who always had money and clothes and good looks. So he comes from a wealthier family. He became a cop. He married his first wife. So he was married previously, mm-hmm. and they had a daughter together. There was this group, and I'm just going to delve into this real fast because there's still a bunch more to go through. There was this group, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but the acronym is EST, and it's all lowercase. Mm-hmm. So it's one of these groups where it's like self-enlightenment. Okay. And, you know, this was at that point, that was probably like in the late 70s, early 80s, so when it was, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that kind of movement. So it was, was like, it was, they were in this organization that mm-hmm. was self-help and, and right. stuff like that. And it was something very popular. Okay. His friend suggested that he, him and his wife go there because they'd been having problems. So they go there and they still end up getting divorced and he meets Diane there. Ah. So that's how they meet. They meet at this self-helpy thing through a friend named Randy Wright, who winds up being Randy's lawyer when his wife dies. So there's Interesting. that. Uh-huh. One of the things that's in question is did he know the kids were coming back with their mom or not Hmm. because she had talked about leaving the kids with her mom so they could have some time because they were apparently having marriage problems so she had talked about let's leave the kids but then she came back with the kids i I wondered when you said two weeks that's just a really long time to be gone No, no no i'm sorry it was she planned it for two weeks Oh, prior so, to yeah, it so happening. I'm saying, yeah, so oh, I'm okay. saying that All he right. knew for two weeks. So there was, if anybody, so they had time to plan. They were only, they were actually only gone from Thursday to Saturday. Saturday. Ah, I thought. Yes. When you, when, I'm sorry. I, I should have okay. made that clear. So it's a good thing you, uh, no, it was, I was basically just saying she had been planning it for two weeks. Ah, So they okay. knew it wasn't like a sudden trip that, so if someone had been planning on killing her, they had plenty of time. Right. And specifically him. So the argument was, well, if he thought the kids weren't going to be there and he wanted to kill her. 
that would be perfect because the kids wouldn't be there to witness it. He wouldn't have to worry about it. Ah. Sometimes he would say he knew. Sometimes he said he didn't know. It hadn't been, wasn't sure. But then hmm. he finally settled on he knew the kids were going to be there. Okay. So he knew the kids were going to be there. Part of the reason the mom even said that she had really been thinking about leaving them, but the little girl was sick. Uh, so the baby was sick mm. and stuff. So she's like, I'm just going to bring them home. Yeah, it's you want to be home, home when you right. feel well. It's brought up at this point that she left the army for him. That's one of the sticking points with her family. Because at this point, they're talking to her mom. So she had a career she, in the military. She joined the, she joined the army and was doing really well. But she wasn't in it for very long when she and they were seeing each other. They talked about it and decided the military was going to get in the way of them being together. So she decided she went to the army and actually said, this is harming my relationship. And my relationship means more to me than this. So I can't in good faith commit myself to you. She quit the army. I didn't know that was a so thing. I, I don't know. I mean, I, there, there's more details. All so right, there I, might be yeah. more details. I mean, that you would can resign your gas. commission, I think, but I don't think you can. Ju- you know what I mean? Yeah. She was going to be in the army and it didn't didn't pan out. And like she said, she left it for him. And he said she left it for me. So she, it was documented. That's why she left. So the family's pissed because from their eyes, he made her leave this. Right. Luke, this thing could have been a nice career for mm-hmm. her. They felt that he was a mooch and a bad provider. Because he was willing to work from home for her. Mm-hmm. Her family, her dad was an iron worker. So more traditional so, man's right. man so more, kind of a... Exactly. They're more of a traditional... Gotcha. Uh, so, what is it? Blue collar? Yeah. And Don't understand dad that. had been... He, he died of a botched gall- gallbladder operation. Oh. So he, yeah, he died from like malpractice at age 35. Wow. She was only 10 years old when her dad died. And then soon after, her mom met Royal, who's a machine repairman. Mm-hmm. So, again, you have this. Her mom was a waitress when she met him. Mm-hmm. She um, was going to beauty school. So, they're very, like, salt-of-the-earth people. Right. Just, yeah. Now, her, apparently, Royal and her mom did have a tumultuous relationship. So, there's that. Brad's family, his dad was a World War II hero. And Brad wore hand-tailored suits. He was into golf. His mom was a banker's daughter. His dad became a banker. Mm. So they're obviously higher strata. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, in the golf club and stuff like that. In 1990, when Brad was a probation officer, he was fired. Brad was first a probation officer. He was a probation officer. He was fired. We'll we'll get into that. Again, they remind us that he wasn't wasn't pushy about seeing his wife. And even after, like, she was at the hospital, people felt, this is the thing, is you know how it goes, is people will see things from different views. Mm -hmm. So immediately some people were like, oh, yeah, I knew he killed her. Like, immediately thought a killer. And then other people were like, right. Like, no, he couldn't have done it. Right. And then, so you have going back and forth, like, well, was he not pushy enough about wanting to be with his wife and see his wife? Or was he, was it just shock? Was it, the, is it natural? We're just being too hard on him. So you can see And it depends way. on the side. It's difficult. The right. friends of this person. And what right. aspect you've seen of him. Mm-hmm. They did find, in searching his house, a 20, 22 caliber ammo and a cleaning rod. And it's the type that fit that gun. Mm-hmm. The gun, that type of gun that would be used. Now, <laughs> it's frustrating because I mentioned it, it was muddy mm-hmm. and there was a dog that found prints. One of the things that happened is after the EMTs left, the place kind of just shut down. Right. So the cops had left to go do their cop stuff and they were supposed to be coming back. Well, in the meantime, the guy with the dog, he did his stuff and he was like, well, I need to tell them that I saw prints. And he's waiting and waiting, and mm-hmm. he's thinking, my bosses are going to kill me because, you know, if I go overtime. And he's like, but I really want to make sure they get this information. So he told someone, like, hey, it's really important that they know this. Please tell them. Have them call me. I'll come back out. 
but I can't just be waiting. Like as long as if I'm actively doing something, it's different. So just please make sure because I really want to make sure they know. Dude forgot. So they don't know about this one footprint and no one goes out and gets pictures. I don't know. Somehow it turns out there's no casts of the footprints. There's no pictures. Were they able to find it again? And um, I don't, I, I'm trying to remember. I, well, I think they found, I think maybe they were able to see the one set, but they never, they, oh, didn't, they yeah. never found the other one. There was just a bunch of mishaps that mm-hmm. happened. So that does not help anything. There are sections that are actually Brad King wrote. So we actually hear from Brad King and his perspective throughout hmm. the book. He said, if he was investigating it, the primary focus would be the husband. Okay. He said, one of his biggest goals in life is to, and I quote, be ready for everything. As a cop, that's your number one rule. Mm -hmm. He taught a class that there's never a perfect crime. And he makes a big deal about you can never have a perfect crime. And he even has the students go through an exercise because the students like, oh, I can can do a perfect crime. Yeah. But then they present it to other students. The other students are able to pick it apart. So he makes a big deal like you can never have a perfect crime. So there's a couple ways to think about that, like everything in this. Mm -hmm. Is he bringing this up? To say, hey, I know you can't have a perfect crime, so I'm not the killer. Because I understand this. I understand why would I do this? I right. know there's not a perfect crime. So it's interesting that he makes a, a point to bring this up. Because mm-hmm. he's, he does no one asks him anything about it. He volunteers. This is what I teach my students. And that's, they say, he volunteers just let them keep talking and they'll yeah. hang themselves. So that's kind of interesting that he brings that up when no one asks. Right. So that to me feels like he's maybe planting some seeds there. Naturally... As in any kind of investigation, most of the time when you start interviewing people, maybe you'll just hear the good things about them. Mm-hmm. And so you get this surface picture. Mm-hmm. And then as you dig deeper, that's when you start right. finding the dirt and the unpleasant things. And of course, if when they first talked to her parents, then they knew right off the bat right. that there wasn't, you know. Some bad blood. But mostly, like I said, people, some people thought that he was great. They thought he was a great teacher. They thought he was a great person. People thought that she was very polite and sweet and go-getting and she was always cheerful. So you have all these, you know, all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. So now the book jumps to they are looking more into her autopsy and where the shots came. Now the shots on her body, it's consistent with someone shooting from the loft. The first shot could have been done from the loft. Okay. The first shot was a normal shot. So it basically like just went through her chest. Same caliber? Same caliber. Okay. Same weapon, they think. Yes. So the second shot, the one above her pubic line, it went through. So now picture this because this was a mind fuck for me. It went through her intestine, lung, rib, and settled just below the skin on her upper left chest. So it had to be fired up from her feet. Intestine, lung, and rib. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't go through her body like vertically. Mm Mm-hmm. It went horizontally, like up through her skin, up through her organs. So like I said, they'd have to be at her feet. And that's the second shot. It's a second shot. So they're thinking someone shot her from the loft, maybe came down. They either wanted to be sure that she was dead or it was an emotional, and you know. How, and how old's the son, Mylar Balloon? Uh, he's 10. 10. They, do we know anything about him being interviewed that he said anything or uh we do and i'll get into that in a minute okay all right just was curious really the boy's sitting in his car seat i don't know that he can really see what's happening or not i hope he's not on car seat if he's 10 they did oh i thought they said car seat maybe it was like i'm pretty sure that he's maybe 10. they were just really maybe i am making up this 10 year old thing but i'm pretty i thought they said he was 10 okay just that's an awful lo- awful maybe i'm crazy well maybe i'll <laughs> i mean i need a car seat but i'm feet five maybe feet tall. i i will double check that okay, so that is a curious. good question but he's, 
Well, they said preschooler, so he can't be 10. He can't be. Why did my brain latch on 10? You... I make things up when it's fun. Pour some cherry on me. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I apologize. He's preschool. So what, that's four or five? Right. Preschool, when you're five, you're in kindergarten. So okay, he's so probably, probably three, three or, or four. four. I'm insane. Okay, so sorry, <laughs> he's everybody. 27. He's... He was smoking in the back of his car seat. <laughs> oh, Lord. Sorry. So he's three or okay. four. So, he's... so he still may not be able to. He, he can communicate, but right. that's just exactly. so young. Right. Okay, so yeah, three or four. Lord. So basically what they think happened, he shoots from the loft or the person shoots okay. from the loft, comes up and then see, isn't sure if she's dead or wants to be absolutely sure or wow. whatever. So the thing is she would either, if she's standing, the person would have had to like lay down and fire up from her feet or most likely hmm. she had fallen down and they just aimed low and shot, hmm. shot up that way. The thought process is, if it was going to be like a kill shot, like I want to make sure she's dead, right. you do the head. If you're pretty sure they're dead and there's a part of you that's pissed off at them, and mm. especially if you're mad at her being a woman and things that she's doing at a woman, yeah. you shoot up through her pubic area. So I don't know. It's I the had wondered, is, and I had wondered too, she just had a baby. Maybe he didn't want the right. baby. And we'll get into that as well. <laughs> So that's the thing is these things keep, wow. well, just like an investigation, things yeah. start popping up. So we have stuff that we're getting, I mean, there's still a few more things. They, the, <laughs> I typed dog found bun in the mud. <laughs> it's gun. Oh my God. There <laughs> was a like bun in, in the, the mud. mud. <laughs> the, so the dog that was tracking. That's incriminating as fuck. <laughs> I know. So later on, they get to thinking. The guy who lived on the property was like, okay, if I brought a gun to a crime scene, where would I hide it? On that property, there's only two places. So they bring the dog back, and the dog's name is Travis, which I think is funny because my buddy's right, name is Travis. Right. So they bring Travis back, and the one place he sniffs, there's nothing. He starts sniffing real hard at the other place, and he's going crazy like something's there. So they start digging through the muck, and they find a gun, a twenty two. Was it in the bun? In it the was mud? in the bun. It, they found a twenty two in casings. Mm. So they found what they perceived to be the murder weapon. Now, they had already found, he had already shown another twenty-two, correct, to them? No, he never showed him any guns. They just found, okay, all right. So so there was actually no, they didn't see any guns. He he had mentioned that he owned a twenty-two shotgun, but that it was dismantled somewhere in the house. Okay. But he was like, I don't have... A All right. So he's they've never seen a, a weapon before. Exactly. Okay. They just knew they they saw the casings were for a twenty two. Ah. I'm sorry. They just found the bullets at the gotcha. casings. Okay. And I just remembered that you said something about he said he had one. I just didn't know if they gotcha. You yeah, know, had already it tested clear. it. As they're going through what he did, because you know you go through it a billion times. Mm-hmm. So he's going back through his day, and on Saturday he's like, you know, wait a second. I went and rented a movie after I grabbed lunch. Because I knew the kids were coming home or, you know, well, he said first, he's like, I went and rented a movie and I wanted, was going to watch it. Later, he said that he was going to watch it with the kids. The movie was Next of Kin. Is that a movie you'd watch with your family? Is that Patrick Swayze? It's Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Have you seen it? Because I don't think I've seen it. I just know that I just obviously you've heard of it and knew it was Patrick Swayze. It must be. Because I just, for some reason, I was thinking it was one of those movies that's a, more of an adult movie. Well, I mean, Patrick Swayze's movies aren't kid friendly. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's always sex and some yeah. roundhouse kicks. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. I'm looking it up real fast. When their brother, Bill Paxton, 
nice. is murdered by a Chicago mobster, Alan, Adam Baldwin, Patrick Swayze, and Liam Neeson. Shit, we need to see this movie. Taken. <laughs> He's Differ taken. on how to respond. Um, someone who believes in an eye for eye for justice wants to retaliate, but Chicago policeman thinks it's a matter for the authorities. Well, if Marlon is is so uh, is ten and he's smoking, maybe he can <laughs> shut up. Sit in his car seat and so, watch next to Ken. So Patrick Swayze comes to Chicago and is oh maybe this is a spoiler. Oh, it's so like, he's it's from the nineties. I don't think anyone. Well, I guess that's true. So when. <laughs> Patrick Swayze comes to Chicago and is killed by the same gangsters. It's still nothing right, that it's a baby gangsters, in a... and then he uh, sets out to even the score. So to me, yeah, that does not sound like a family movie. He says he got next to Ken. Can't remember if he watches it. Hmm. Must have been that he, good. He's not sure if he watched it or not. He does return it the next day. The day after he finds his wife is murdered, he makes sure to return the videotape. Did he rewind? I don't know. Um, I think fee. he had a receipt and they didn't mention it. So I imagine they would have okay. they would have said, see, you can tell he's a dick because he didn't rewind can, it. That's what I was going to say. You right. can tell more about his, right. his characteristics. So, so then later when he does say that, oh, I got a movie to watch with the family. I was like, that doesn't. <laughs> Did you, well, maybe you have a different experience Disney? than I do. I don't, no, Swayze. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so um, as Dalton would say, opinions vary. That's a note some people say. It's like it could be. You get into sometimes you need to do normal things after something terrible happens just right. to get yourself try to feel to like do you're something normal. right. Yeah. So it could have been I have no control over anything, but I have control over get, taking this videotape back. Mm-hmm. Or it could be he doesn't give a shit about his wife dying, and it's a normal thing for him to want to take the tape back. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like he has yeah. nothing, no, emo- no emotionally invested, but he doesn't want to pay that late fee. Right. So who knows. But that's something to note hmm. that it does come out. They're having marital counsel- counseling. Diana's a perfectionist and she rubs some people the wrong way. So she was known to be like shitty to cameramen and people who might be lower on the totem pole at the news station. Yeah, like she became a bit of a diva. Some people thought that Brad was supportive and other people thought he was like a servant. So that he acted like he was like more of a slave and that he bowed to her every whim and that she was the dominant one Mm -hmm. and that he would do whatever she wanted and he just cowered beneath her. But that he was content to be in that role, that he liked the role of being submissive. Did anyone ever say that he wanted more of a career and she prevented him? Well, we'll get into that too. You're asking some good questions. And I'm not giving you answers until I'm ready. I'm a good I'm helper. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm the worst at improv right now. You're saying yes and I'm saying no. Sit down. <laughs> Shut up. Let me keep acting. They was discovered they had money problems. They was? They was having money's problems. Diane had mood swings in her personal life. So several people said that she could be kind of histrionic. So she would be like dramatic, like, oh, I'm going to, everything's terrible and I hate everything. We have no and one in our family be, that way. Not at all. That was right. noted. That's that part of the diva had, personality. Yeah, exactly. And what's also interesting to note is that, so again, a lot of people said that he was, he was ca- uh, cuckolded. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that basically. Mm-hmm. But after she died, all of a sudden he was confident. And they even said like his walk, he walked with more of a strut. And so he his got his attitude, balls back. Yeah, his attitude changed. So they're like, so that's what some other people noted huh. is that they're like, that's interesting. Like all of a sudden he's a different person. Like he's confident. Hmm. He's yeah. So that's another thing to note. Now at this point, you would think that with some of this evidence, they could arrest him under suspicion. 
No. But they couldn't. So the prosecutor it doesn't the, really seem like that much evidence, co- though, really. Exactly. When the cops really went doesn't. to them, like, oh, we feel like this is, the prosecutor no. is like, no, there's, this isn't, this is all, like, um, circumstantial. And it's not even strong It's I need something with Prince. I need something right. with, we need something that definitely says, like, it was him. But right now, it's still so iffy. And then, plus, that's when shit like, well, where are the cast of the boots? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, where are the boots that he was wearing? Oh, we gave it back to him because he asked for them back. Nice. So Just a lot of. like, yeah. Mm. Now, again, we get Brad's point of view. Keep in mind, pretty much everybody agrees that Diane was in charge of the relationship and that whether they thought Brad was comfortable with it or not, that was commonly known. Brad said he was aggressive when he when he wanted to date her. That went after he saw her, he decided he was going to marry her, that he wanted her. And she kept kind of blowing him off. Mm-hmm. And then finally, he's like, after the fifth time, I was like, you need to clear your calendar and you're going out with me. So I think it's interesting. The guy who's seen as submissive has to make sure that everyone knows how aggressive he was. That he wanted her. And then he says, but she's the one who initiated sex. So he wants to make it clear. I was aggressive in dating her, but she wanted sex. She asked. She said. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Because it wasn't like, I think it's showing that he's not, he's not like a rapist. He wouldn't force himself on her. It's Mm. showing that she had the power. When it came to the sex life, that he so was he's aggressive a dating her. Exactly, he's a gentleman. He's a man. Yeah, and uh, he admitted he's conceited. So some people felt that his reaction to the stalker letter was kind of fucked up. That when Diane got the letter, she goes to her friend's house and is hysterical, just absolutely hysterical. Which I can understand whether you're histrionic or not. Is that would be a diff- and when you're nine months pregnant and all this shit happens. Right. He had a class that night. So as soon as the friend calls him and is like, as soon as you're out of class, you need to come here. She's freaking out. She's upset. And he's like, okay, I'll come as soon as class is over. Well, it's like hours after he says his class was supposed to be over. And then he shows up. Two things real quick. Will she ever have any idea who she turned down for her gordita or whatever for lunch? Do we ever? We never find out for sure. All right. And did they report the stalker letters or yeah, anything I, to the I'm police? Sorry. I said earlier that, yeah, okay. they reported to the police. Okay. And the police did that. start to look into it. But it was taking, like, part of it was... Since she went to a friend's house with it, they touched the letter and they Ah. needed to get fingerprints. Well, of course, Mm. those people went to like Brazil or they moved they moved out of the country and they were having trouble getting his fingerprints back to. So it was taking for some it was taking a while. There were lots of things. All right. So so they never were able to find out definitively who he comes in late. He knows his wife's pregnant wife. His very pregnant wife is Mm -hmm. hysterical, comes in hours late. And then when he shows up. He's just like, you don't need to freak out. Don't freak out. We need to be calm. Mm -hmm. And he's acting like it's nothing. And he says, well, my copness kicked in. I understood, like, if I get upset, she's going to get more upset. So I need to stay calm. And I need to look at this like a cop. I need to, okay, we'll get it to the police. And we'll let the police do their thing. So there's no need for us to be upset. Mm -hmm. Because they're going to take care of it. And granted, he thought someone broke into the house earlier that day. Hmm. But he's still not, and again, he just That's says, right. well, I'm just really good at compartmentalizing, yeah. basically. Well, in his defense, you could also say that she's just, you know what I mean? And if, like, he, if he's used to her always freaking all, out, yeah. then I, you it know, would and, be difficult. Right, his, so, but, so from the friend's perspective, she sees it as callous because that's her Under, completely, perspective. Right. But from his perspective... You know, if she's like, usually, damn, she's, then maybe yeah. he's like, okay. And as the pregnancy goes on, she's probably, yeah. Yeah, because she's hormonal and, and you know. I mean, I get it. Everything about this is you can see it from both ways. Yeah. That's the hard thing. And then he makes a point to say the cops were fucking everything up. And basically, he says at one point, That's like, the cops, wrong, are, the cops are rubes. The cops are a joke. 
So then there's two things. It's like either it's coming across as, well, if I were doing this, mm-hmm. I would have it figured out by now. Mm-hmm. If I were doing this. So again, right. the conceit. Right. The experience as a cop. Mm-hmm. So he can say from experience, I know that this is the way you should do it. Or it could be, I know these cops are a joke, so I can totally pull this crime and get away with it. Yeah. Because I know they're jokes. Because he had already, he said, oh, I already knew, I knew years ago that these cops were jokes at this apartment. Which is, so, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's again, that's kind of a interesting uh another thing that comes out is because of this stalker they had a routine where diane would come home she'd wait in the car she'd honk Mm -hmm. and wait in the car until brad came to the door Hmm. and he would escort her inside because she was so scared of the stalker she had a friend that rode home with her one night and the friend started getting out of the car she's like no no no, don't get out of the car yet she's like we have to wait for brad to come Mm -hmm. brad always comes brad always comes and so brad came to the Mm-hmm. And they walk in. So she has a witness that says they had this routine. So the question then is, if she has a routine mm-hmm. where she will not leave her car until she sees Brad, why would she have gotten out of the car? And especially if we know if, if it's likely they shot from the loft. I don't know. Right. Again, so that's kind he of He could have a, been at the door. She gets out. He makes sure the kids aren't don't get out. And then somebody else shoots her. Well, no. What I'm wondering is if he's in the loft... And she can see the law from there. Maybe he's like, honey, I'm right here. Come on out. Or come here. Ah. You know what I mean? He could have been like, oh, come here. I got something to show you. Because I'm or, thinking there's multiple people. Come here. But, yeah. And it, if we're looking at just him. Gotcha. Then he could say, come here. And then as soon as she gets out of the car, he shoots her. Or if he had someone, an accomplice. Does he then, have a girlfriend? Any of that ever come out? Oh, honey. Oh, honey, just wait. Just give me a couple sentences. And literally like. Two sentences. Just everything I just keep coming because I keep thinking, okay, well, this would explain that because it just doesn't seem like he's... So that's another thing to think about. He could do that That throws another little tidbit in there for you to chew on. All right. My mouth is full. Oh, God. Diane had decided to leave the news reporting field to become a homemaker. Which was his gig. She and told him he'd have to get a job. How... He wanted to get his PhD. Okay. So he has this cushy job working one night a week. Right. And from by all means, everybody said, like, he loved that job. He did, one, you know, he worked once a week. He, he, he wanted, wanted to be home, be hanging a full-time out with his kids. educator. Yeah. He just, he wanted to be, he didn't want, and, and right. he wanted to be basically part-time. Right. So all of a sudden, you know, and his, and he said, well, I've already had a career as a cop. I've already done things. Let her do things for a while. I'm going to support her. Mm-hmm. But... When he decided, well, now now I think I want to go back to school, get my PhD. And then she's coming in saying, no, I want to be the homemaker. It's my turn. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And he was not happy about that. It comes out that Diane made $22,000 a year. And now in 1990, in the 1980s, I don't know the inflation rate, if you want to look at that real fast. It doesn't seem like it's a whole lot. It was basically 1900 a month. And I think even with our inflation today, the context of the book was that that's not a lot of money. Right. He made $1,800 per class per term. He had three classes in the fall, but one in February. So a million dollars. Are you serious? No. Oh. I just meant what, how much he oh, was making. How much he was making. <laughs> okay. I'm still so, typing things in. So it's obvious that she made a lot more than him, but she was obviously okay with that. Or at least at that point, she was okay with that setup. But the problem is, she's making $1,900 per month, and they're still they're in debt. So they sought debt counseling because they were still having problems with money. It's brought up they 
moved to Battle Creek. Their poodle died. Some people thought it was poisoned. What? And it was literally like one sentence in the book. And then, and then just that's like it. clean over it. That's it. Some people thought the dog was poisoned. I don't know what if that has any bearing on anything or not, but it's interesting. I think the main reason it was mentioned and not that maybe they're implying that Brad poisoned the dog or something. I think the reason they mention it is because the next thing that happens is the dog dies and her Christmas letter to everybody is so positive. There's no mention of anything negative. Everything's perfect. And well, if she's used you know. to, but if she's used to doing that, yeah, you know what I mean? Then now she's this newscaster that's a pretty big deal mm-hmm. in her area. You know, and she wants everything to, of course, when you're a public figure, you want things to seem nicer than maybe they are. And maybe, but even the family, she was still. Yeah, but even in the family, she wanted, yeah. So it's kind of like she wants to sugarcoat everything. And and you would think that, because I know in my family's letters that everyone's well, extended family sends things. Right. I've seen, well, we had unfortunate thing. Right. Our dog died or unfortunately he left, lost her job. Right. Or, Some you know, of the they'll bad. say, hey, something happened. But you know what? We're going to stay positive. So I've seen people like right. have a positive spin from what this made it sound like. She just made it sound like everything was perfect and wonderful and there were no problems at all. But I just want Which, I'm, I get, I'm curious but, if that's how she was like exactly. always. Like yeah. if she was yeah, one of those Facebook people look, sure. that if she was on Facebook now. Right. It, she'd, you know what I mean? Everything her kid could be, be in the hospital, but she would, you would not know that at all from exactly. her post. Yeah, oh, I think that's exactly and it. And FYI, it was $44,000 today. Okay. So it's really not. So she making, was making 44000 Okay. In our money in now. Our money. So, which really isn't. Right. That's. But. To, I mean, to, to have a household with um, two kids. And depending on how much of that land they owned or what they owed on. Right. You, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of variables there, but still it really isn't that much money. Mm. Not for a full family. But that shows an, an aspect of her personality that she mm-hmm. was always putting on that, that face right. for people. Right. When everything happened, he obviously didn't want to live in that house anymore. Friends took him and the kids in. And then eventually he sent the kids to be with some friends while he was going through all this. A student comes forward. Guess what? They're getting it on. They're getting it on. How old? I think he's like in his 30s. So she's probably, what, in her 20s? 19? Okay. He told her that he was separated. Hmm. He was good with a rifle. He's a great hunter. She saw him with the ring the first time, and after that, no ring. He did say that his wife just had a baby, his separated wife, mm-hmm. just had a baby girl, but he didn't really seem that concerned about it. She said his teaching style. He was an open note teacher. Like, you could take your notes, mm-hmm. like, use your notes during a test, multiple choice questions. Hmm. He would it's just tell strict. stories. He would go drinking with his students. Wow. He would let class out early. So you can tell he wanted to be the really cool... He just wanted to enjoy right. it. He was right. soaking up all the attention. and There weren't good boundaries. Right. He was obsessed with Dances with Wolves. So that's that's interesting that she was... Tatanka. <laughs> she was you know, Native American. So he, he was also very supportive of the Native American. He loved it. He mm-hmm. jumped right on in with it. Mm-hmm. So that uh, kind of explains why his fascination is... Because it's been a long time since I've seen it. Because Kevin Costner's a white man that gets ends up getting involved with the mm-hmm. Native American culture, right? right? Ta- so yeah. it's kind of like I can see he, him he, being... He embraces Like, because he talks yeah. about movies so fucking much. Like, I guess yeah. he just was always going to see it. So that kind of... That's another mm-hmm. thing that kind of helps with the psychology or shows you something about him. She said he was physically affectionate but emotionally distant. And the weird thing is he would kiss her in public. Like, he would ho- try to hold her hand in public and kiss her in public, and she's like, whoa. And he, his, his statement was, people don't get arrested. People don't get in trouble for this anymore. No one cares if people are fucking their professors. So we see the psychopathic or the sociopathic Classy. where he's not worried about it. 
it's egotistical. It's he's just like, ah, I've got, I've got nothing. Nothing's going to go wrong for me, hmm. basically. Uh, but we'll get more into the psychopathic behavior here in a bit. It comes out he didn't want kids. And when his first wife got pregnant, he was pissed off. So did they, he has another he, child? Yeah. So in his first wife, they had a child and he was pissed. So they wind up, you know, getting separated and, and, leave, he and just, divorcing. And he never kept in touch with his... It, they, he did. They mentioned her so briefly that when they would bring her up, I completely had forgotten about her. Wow. So I guess he did maintain some kind of... Doesn't sound like he... Yeah, not wow. uh, not like a whole and lot, And then became I guess, a stay-at-home but... dad. And then became a stay-at-home dad. Hmm. Maybe he fell in love with his kids. I don't know about that shot... either. Before he shot, <laughs> before he shot their, their mother. mother. <laughs> um, Diane told several people she thought Brad was the caller and stalker. Interesting. She said there was a couple times that she got really upset. She's like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this is Brad. It kind of sounded like him. And it's, it's like him to want to scare me because he wants to keep me in line. Wants to keep me in line. Because I guess she was saying that he had kind of a controlling streak. Some people say that he was very fixated on her and that he was obsessed with her. Followed her around. I mean, she was his world. Mm. That's one of the theories is that he was trying to scare her. I'm wondering is if that's true. Was he setting up the precedent? Okay, I'm going to set up this thing where she only gets out of the car if it's me. Mm-hmm. So he can guarantee, like, she won't just walk in the house. But it's interesting if, if he's that was planning the case, on shooting her. Why wouldn't he rush home and console her then with this this stalker? If Remember, it, with if when, it wasn't him, if right, if it, if it, why wouldn't he console her then? Well, because so that's the other theory. If he is a piece of shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if he's not the stalker, maybe he used the stalker to manipulate her. Mm. Because he still wants to feel like he has something, some kind of control. That he can Passive still get aggressive, to her. Passive aggressive. Yeah. That, okay, so you may wear the pants in a relationship. But I can but still, yeah. I can, I can withhold you, you know, right. emotionally. I can terrify I can, you. I can I be can, yeah. withholding. I can, you still need me emotionally. So I know, if but that's why I'm saying, why wouldn't he rush home and be like, here, I'm here, honey. Well, I think it's also that he, he, he resents her because he needs her. Yeah. So he resents that she has his balls. Yeah. But he also loves that she has his balls. I gotcha. It's just really... Again, it's like that passive-aggressive. It's a weird... It's a really weird thing. It might also explain if the caller was him, then he wouldn't rush home because he knows she has nothing to worry about. That's why he doesn't worry. Yeah. Because he knows she's not really in danger from anybody Mm -hmm. else. So he doesn't have to worry about shit. Mm. That's that's a theory. Mm -hmm. Or... Or he just wasn't as worried because he was Mr. Cop Guy and he knew that he would the cops would hit. I don't know. But if he th- right. cops, thought the cops were... That's the other thing. If he knew that the cops were bumblers, mm-hmm. then why would he feel so confident in the cops? So right. I don't know. The whole thing is... I don't fucking right. know. The other thing could be people said that she was dramatic. Hmm. So this could be part of that. Because apparently she also said several times, she, this weekend I'm leaving him. And then so she would So she's just a drama queen. So it could just be... But oh, he, I bet Brad would do this. And just yeah. she's throwing it out there just to be dramatic. Like, this is just something that Brad would do. So that could be fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she did die. Yeah. So you got so to yeah, <laughs> exactly. kind of weigh that. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's why you can't just th- right. blow it off. Yeah. They were working on a lawsuit because I had mentioned earlier, uh, forever ago, that Brad said he was fired unjustly from the probation. Right. Probation, he was fired from the probation department. He says it was unjust. And how many years um, ago was that? Oh, God. I don't think it, it had been. Ju- I think it was just a few years before. Like, it, it hadn't. 
it had happened fairly recently. Okay. Well, work, when the author interviewed work, Mm -hmm. they could show you discrepancies in his work log. He would have logged that he saw um, a probation meeting. And he would say, I saw them at 515. Well, then they'd have, they'd find notes that that person called in at like six. Like, I don't want to get in trouble for not meeting my probation officer. And he wasn't there. Nice. So I was there. I want to make sure that you guys know. Yeah. And his excuse, oh, you know what? I write my workout the week before, and then if there are any changes, I change it before I turn it in. Hmm? Yeah. So if that's not shady as fuck, and then plus the, like, $500 was embezzled, and there was some shady activity, so they basically just let him go. Yeah. But you can see that, like, when he told Diane I was fired, she automatically leaps on, it can't be his fault. I'm going to sue people. So she is litigious. Now, if you're wondering, because I wondered this right off the bat, but it didn't come until this point in the book, the life insurance policy was only $54,000, which it seems like if the if these her salary was like double, it's like so it's like 100000 right. That's not That's a lot. That's really not a lot. That's not. Someone's like, do you think it's really worth killing someone over 54000 or, you know, $100,000? Mm-hmm. Like, that's so, it most likely wasn't for money. If he did kill her, it wasn't, most Plus, likely. Plus, if she's never the know. breadwinner... Then why would he want her There's, to go? Yeah, that's that's a big question right there, too. There was a custody battle. While this is all going on, her mother immediately is like, we can't have our grandchildren with a possible murderer. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the mother never came right out and said, well, he killed her. But they're just like, we just don't feel safe. And even if he didn't kill her, someone killed her. So mm-hmm. is are they safe in that circumstance at all? Right. The kids need to be with us. And plus, they didn't like him. Right. And so their lawyer was like, so technically, since he's not in custody, we can't file for custody. But what we can do is we can get the paperwork started and you can have the kids as mm-hmm. soon as he's arrested. Well, he kept getting pushed off being arrested. <laughs> they're like, OK, the kids can't be with you. He doesn't like Diane's family. Mm. He wants the kids to be with his friends. His mom's, like, retired. So, so she's he's like not, her, he's still just not with his kids. He's not with the kids. As soon as he can, he pawns those kids off. Wow. So that's another thing, is that's why you know, we know he didn't want kids. As soon as he gets a chance, he pawns the kids off. Now, I don't, again, it's hard to know how to judge people in these circumstances. But you'd want to hold your family tighter together, especially they're so I would, little. I would think that if you knew your baby's mother was dead, that you would want to be there and you'd want to comfort them, even even in your own pain. I'm not a mom, so I guess I that would be my inclination. Would, I would yeah. think I wouldn't want them out of my sight. Right. But And I want to hold my remaining family together. Right. But everybody deals differently. Maybe he felt they'll be safer if they're not with me. He never specific. He never really says anything. It just is really odd to go from full time caring, caring to being okay here. to not be with your kids here. Maybe for a day or two. Yeah, but he just. But wow. Yeah. So he immediately like sends them with friends, but yet fights the fact that the mother in law is gonna. Right. He just he doesn't. I guess in a way he doesn't want the kids to be there. He just knows he doesn't want them with her. <laughs> right. It's all under his control. Right. Right. Again, his mom was, like, in her 60s or 70s. Mm-hmm. She's too old. She even says to him, like, this gives you an idea. Don't expect me to be all grandmotherly because I'm too old for that. Mm-hmm. So she's not into kids either, apparently. Most poor kids. Yeah. There's this custody battle over. Basically, he's like, I, I just want them out of the house. Just make sure they're not with them. Wow. Yeah. When they're interviewing the neighbors, one neighbor saw her car at 640. Another neighbor said they heard shots between 630 and 635. Mm-hmm. So they heard two shots. 
it's one of those things as you're reading you know how it goes like they throw this tidbit and then they move on to something else and they throw another tidbit again i'm telling you the way that i read it mm-hmm. which i think is interesting because then you get those bits and pieces right and then you're like wait a second but then there's this i'm still waiting to find out what the little boy said another student said she dated him oh he how long are these relationships short term i guess yeah it seems like this had just started to develop okay right before as from my understandings it doesn't seem like it was like years it seems like it was probably a few months okay. before he said he was a single parent when he had sex with her it was quick no intimacy i think they didn't even take clothes off wow. then as soon as it was done he was just like acted like nothing happened they didn't even take clothes off. They cut mm-hmm. holes and things. Well, or? I mean, she said basically, use the phrase, he moved my panties aside and slipped it in. So I think it was kind of like pants nice. kind of loose, like loose, yeah. like under your ass. And, yeah. He said he mastered the kill shot. So he was hunting so much. He mastered the kill shot and got bored because he was so good at shooting things. He went to bow hunting. And someone else makes a comment that they saw like bow hunting magazines and he's into bow hunting. And he constantly talks about what a great hunter he is, which, again, we're confirming masculinity. But it's also not looking real good if your wife dies right. by a sniper shot. And you're a teacher <laughs> of criminal studies. Yeah. So. Yeah. Huh. He uh, called her the day before his wife's death, and he had asked her to come over. And he's like, I thought I'd see you tonight because I'll be out of town tomorrow. But she didn't hook up with him. Mm-hmm. Another student comes forward and she's like no we were not sleeping together but he would ask me out to eat and I went out to eat with him but she made it very clear that he was very pushing she wasn't having any of it mm-hmm. that she literally that she just liked him he was fun to be with he mm-hmm. was a fun guy but, but she had the boundaries and he but did. she had the boundaries yeah and so she'd go out to eat with him he would get kind of aggressive but then he'd back off hmm. As these affairs were coming out, obviously the college was kind of like <laughs> like maybe you should take some time off yeah. And keep your dick in your pants. And yeah, Jesus. Now, another section from Brad. He reiterates that he had had his career, so he was letting her have hers. He mentions that he realized if you do intense eye contact, you can intimidate people. And several people in there would talk about how intimidating he was. There's one guy who was like, I tried to do the like staring contest and I had to look away. Mm. And he's like, and I'm not somebody who usually has to look away. Mm-hmm. So he mentions he knows that that intimidates people and that he uses that. So this is another really interesting thing. They had been living in Colorado. Diane gets the job in Battle Creek. Mm -hmm. So she moves first to get things settled while he's finishing stuff up at their home. Come with kids later. He had just started working with, I think that must have been when he got fired from probation. Mm -hmm. And then he started working for their friend's company doing something. He was crying at his desk every day. He was a fucking mess. To the point where these friends that he was working for said, we love you. You're fired. Go to your wife. You can't function without your wife. You need to go. Not like as assholes, but just like we're doing you a favor. He couldn't function without her. He fell apart. It's interesting because he called her and Diane's like, what the fuck? And then the friend gets on the phone and she's like, look, he really needs to come come to you. And Diane's like, you are, you're impeding on my life. So you could tell it sounds like Diane wanted her some boundaries. She wanted some Diane time. Right. But he couldn't function without her. So then he wound up moving early he probably convinced himself that she was balls deep well it you never know she was he another guy was ball there were balls yeah there were just lots of balls everywhere so that's a very interesting but that shows that unless it was some kind of act which i i don't know but there is a theory that he's so passive aggressive that he apparently didn't really want to work in this it was Mm -hmm. on his terms Mm -hmm. so 
he manages to get fired from a job right. and then he manages to cry so hard that he gets let go from a job to go be with his wife. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if that's just a pattern of he didn't want to be doing that. He's a puss. So he yeah. So he cried his way out of the job. Right. And it could be that he also was that obsessed with her that he mm -hmm. had to be with her and that she's the I don't know. So it just could be manipulative mm -hmm. or it could be legit. Right. But if he legit couldn't live without her, then that goes against him wanting to kill her. So you can see how this is all fucking mind fuck. Mm. He also insists that he does not live off her fame because a lot of people were like, people would call him Mr. Diane King mm -hmm. and he would smile and he would look like he was eating it up. Hmm. And he liked the fact that she, you know, he'd walk on her arm mm -hmm. and she's a celebrity. And mm -hmm. a lot of people said he fucking loved it. But he's like, no, I did not want to be Mr. Diane King. I did not live in her shadow. When people were at parties, when they'd have big parties, mm -hmm. in the, in public things, he would hide in a corner. Like, people would make comments that, like, she's out there talking and he's just, like, being a wallflower. Yeah. And so it's it's weird because it seemed like... Opposites attract. Yeah. And maybe that was fine and maybe he was okay. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's that it could also be that he was jealous of seeing her get attention. You know, so you can interpret like things, not, like, so many yeah, fucking different right. ways. He says in the probation job that he was targeted, that they looked for things in his logs and that they made up those things that were discrepancies in his logs and that they were targeting him and that's why now he's being targeted for his wife's death there's some kind of big what like about the 500 didn't you say that's like 500 yeah he bucks? says that that wasn't him and that they just assumed it was him because they were targeting him they never asked him questions they just let him go that case didn't get anywhere because of her death right it was like slow going and then finally i, I yeah I, they I don't probably think... didn't they probably just would have settled, but... Well, and the problem is, too, is is they didn't have money, you know? So, like, they kept wanting money, and she's like, we don't really have much money. So mm. that was another... Yeah, yeah it was, gotcha. like, one of those things that was taking a long time. Hmm. Then, the friends that Marler and Kat are staying mm -hmm. with, Marler, she overhears Marler telling other little kids, he knows who killed his mommy. Yep, this is what I was wondering. He saw two men in black cowboy hats, and that... Apparently, they came up to the car. They had guns. He was worried that one was going to shoot him, but then they left in opposite directions. So she was like, whoa, hold on. And she's thinking, well, this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Like, what if he did see this? But the thing is, no one ever, none of the neighbors, no one ever saw. One argument is that if he was, if Brad was walking back, that he probably would have seen somebody. Mm -hmm. Two guys. So, and, and that's, no one has ever ever been able to find anything okay so i don't want to say that in this book because mm -hmm. I, I honestly you. have not done any other research okay. outside the book yeah in the book that's really all they they kind of talk about it when it comes to the trial but they don't want to put the little boy on the stand They're so little yeah and and then plus you know it's like a three-year-old what if he said that because he needed to he needed to process or it somehow that it, right or that is his interpretation of right you know because bad guys wear black right. hats yeah you know the two-person theory didn't really go anywhere because there was there was no because there like, was no real no, right there was nothing that really pointed to that so it's I mean it's possible as possible as, I don't know but also there wasn't a like long term girlfriend that was mm. waiting in the wings to be with them no it no. was like they were young chickies yeah yeah it comes out that his mom was giving him money apparently sometimes she'd give him like ten thousand dollars he'd go to her for money because wow. again they they had some money. They had someone who was, and I apologize, I don't remember who it was, some expert that was looking over the crime and thinking psychologically mm -hmm. what the crime meant. That a passive-aggressive person would, when they killed, they wouldn't do it like in a fit of rage. 
Mm-hmm. So, because a fit of rage, you know, stabbing, stabbing, or mm-hmm. it would be violent. It would be, mm-hmm. this was a very calculated, cold, I'm not looking at your face. I'm not looking in your eyes. We're not close. I'm far away. So that's passive aggressive. Mm. I'm going to take care of my problem without dealing directly with it, mm-hmm. like face to face. But then there's either a little like, I'm going to have the last word or a little bit of emotion in that second shot. Right. Because mm-hmm. and specifically since it was near the uterus or, mm-hmm. you know, it was near the pubic area, especially if he doesn't like kids. If he's mad because he feels like this woman has emasculated him or that he's allowed this woman to control. So it seems like that was a passive aggressive killing. So if he is passive aggressive, that would Mm -hmm. fall in line. If not, then the point is somebody killed her that didn't wasn't feeling rage Mm -hmm. or, you know, that they were collected when they did it. Right. As they're delving into the days before the death, Mm -hmm. he had asked the student out to dinner. He slept with another student, mm. and she said he seemed carefree. She's like, he just seemed like there was not He's a care so in the gross. world. He's just so gross. He went out to dinner with that student, and that's the student that said that they never slept mm-hmm. with each other. And she even made a comment like that, that he was still trying to be it pushy just, with her. That just seems so creepy to me. Ugh. Yeah, and I think that part of her was afraid. I don't remember, but I thought maybe she said that she was, it was one of those things where she thought it was a little weird, but as long as they're in public, and she wasn't sure how he'd take being put, take put down. So she's like... He's fun. As long as I stay, keep my boundaries, I'll be safe. And, you know, he, you know. Is, a, he is a professor. Right, exactly. He's a, and that may, that does something yeah. to your ego when you're younger. Well, sure, you know? there's that too. Or there's also that element of power. Mm-hmm. Right. She might not feel comfortable because right. he has power. Slept with a student, had dinner with another student, went and taught a class, goes to a bar, tries to seduce another student. He goes to a house party where he's leering at the woman that he a had house dinner party. with. Yeah, he goes to because uh, he was a member of a frat when he was. <laughs> so he would go to that frat later on because he had gone to college that there. That reminds so me like of, later... of Dr. Nap, of Dr. Yap. Dr. Yap. Bob's Burgers. Yeah. <laughs> right. He was slow hand. Exactly. So he went back and hung out there. Nice. And that one that he had dinner with, she said that he was leering at her and making Ugh. her uncomfortable at the party. So he's out just fucking around while his wife is with her family literally fucking around Mm. and trying to fuck more they interviewed the beauty salon woman where she got diane got her hair done she always went to the same you know Mm -hmm. how it goes Mm -hmm. she went to the same woman and when she first started coming the woman said i really liked her she was sweet she was friendly and then as she got more popular she became condescending Mm. and she would say things like oh your son's cute but with that with that scar he's never going to be a model or she'd wow. be like, well, I, when I met your husband, I was bitch. surprised that he's as well-to-do as he is. I'm surprised you were able to get that. So she got to be where she was, like, really judgmental. Yeah. And and to the point where the woman was like, I I almost asked her to stop seeing me because it was so upsetting. Hmm. You know, she became such a bitch, basically. Hmm. But she would confide in her. And she said Brad was upset when she got pregnant. So she told her salon keeper. So she kind of was telling some of her secrets. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm almost to the end here. And then we can always chat a little bit more about what we think we have another section from brad he says i have to tell this story because diane would have made me tell it if she were here she always made me tell it and i hated telling it at one point in their relationship Mm -hmm. he called it off went to his ex-wife and asked her back really but his ex-wife is like fuck you i mean she's not she's like this isn't a thing yeah because he says I was afraid I was losing Diane to her family. So Diana, you know, I had mentioned there was some tumultuousness right. in the family. And so she, they had had problems. Well, after she had her son mm-hmm. and 
she started getting involved more with her mom and they started getting closer and so she started hanging out with her family more and if he doesn't like her family and her family right. isn't accepting of him and she's his world yeah then so he freaked out but then he ended up going back to her and they worked through it but he hated telling the story I and mean, she would make him tell it so isn't that interesting and it's kind of like he can pick and choose what he says he knows yeah if he will sound guilty or not if you're being accused of killing your wife and you say my wife made me tell this story that i hate he's got to know people are going to be like Ugh, mm-hmm. it's kind of a red flag or it's his way of justifying Mm-hmm. Maybe it was his, like she was making him pay penance or something. Right. And for... maybe he felt like he needed penance and that's yeah. why he told it. So it could be, you know, I don't like telling a story because I don't want to look like an asshole, but I was an asshole mm-hmm. and I didn't want to tell it, but he still told it. Hmm. So maybe yeah, there was right. an element of he felt like he deserved that or that he felt like he was so wrapped around her finger that he had to do what she wanted him to do. But it's very interesting. Yeah, regardless. very love-hate kind of. Yeah, it's a really interesting way to... To, say, to preface the whole story. Right. And he claims, you know how he had called that student the night before and mm-hmm. asked her over? He claims he didn't ask her over. He was calling to make sure she knew that things were off, that he was call- had called things off. They weren't going to see each other anymore. <laughs> just so you know. Yeah. I, I well, just, I want to yeah. make sure that you know that because he didn't want her calling. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, why was he worried about her calling then? Wouldn't, wouldn't he be worried about her calling before? And if he's the one who's kissing students in public, he obviously wasn't worried about... And wasn't she already gone? I mean... The wife was gone. Yeah, the wife is gone. Yeah, so he, so that's what I said. This whole thing, there are so many... I haven't had any calls or anything from you, but I just I wanted just to make, make sure... I just make sure you're not going to start. Just, you know, this is definitely <laughs> off, right? Yeah. Pinky swear. <laughs> of course, at some point, he was finally arrested. They finally arrested him, and he went through so a they trial. So did, they did fi- five... Yeah, they finally felt that they found okay. enough. That Evidence. was a lot of F's. Finally felt that they found enough to fuck him. <laughs> and the lawyer at first was his friend Randy. He got another one. I think Randy, I don't remember what happened that Randy didn't work the case. Or maybe it was because they were friends. He didn't work. I like, fucking out. Yeah. Because the lawyer, he ended up getting a lawyer and it didn't like him. And he felt like it wasn't going well. So he switched lawyers. I actually skipped over. I mean, I told you this book was fucking long. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And I skipped through the trial and all that stuff because mm-hmm. ugh, at this point in the book, we're talking about the author's experience. So the guy who wrote the book, he said when he t- when he got the information from the lawyer and the lawyer handed him all this shit, the lawyer says to him, let me know if, if he was innocent or guilty because I could never figure it out. Really? His own lawyer could not figure out whether he was innocent or not. So did he get sentenced? He did. He, um, wow. he was found guilty. And I don't remember what his sentence was. I got so fucking yeah, caught up in I all gotcha. the details. So then he did things like the writer said that he got access to the property, which mm-hmm. someone else owned at this point. Mm-hmm. And he stood where Brad would have been, had a friend shoot, and he heard it. Really? And then when he asked Brad, when did you find out that she was shot? Because remember, at mm-hmm. first he right. had no idea she was shot. He just thought she was dead. And he's like, did you find out she was dead or did you find out she was shot? Or how, how did Because he, he shook her, how right? How did you find out? Yeah, because, well, and that's the other, other thing is they said you shook her, but her hair looks pretty, it doesn't look like it's disheveled. Mm-hmm. That was another thing. In one case, he said, oh, I never heard that she was shot. I just knew she was dead. And then just somewhere along the line, I found out she was shot. Then he waited a few months to ask him again. And he's like, oh, no, I heard when they announced that she was shot, I heard that she was shot. So it's like even, and I know mm-hmm. that like, again, shock mm-hmm. can make you, but it's just interesting that he kept changing that he doesn't say, well, I thought that, you right. know, because you think, especially if you're fucking, if you're in jail 
for you, killing your yeah. wife, you think that that You'd would be, be pretty fucking important, about, especially yeah. if you were a cop. You would watch your goddamn wording. Right. You wouldn't. You wouldn't just completely think, keep changing your unless you're guilty, and then you're just gonna keep. You're just gonna say what the fuck ever because you're already in jail. I just what are they gonna do? Have found it interesting from the get go. Well, a lot of things, but especially the way she fell. You said her her legs were underneath her. Right. So if you're walking, you're you know what I mean, like. It's almost like she was standing still. Right. And she just, but what kind of shot would just make you fall back like that? See, and maybe that would be something that would be good to know is is the. Um, maybe from the front shot, but you well, know what I mean? The pelvic shot. And it just, I, I think. It just is I'm odd. I don't remember if it went through her heart or what, but I, I don't know. Just to drop somebody like that. Yeah, I'm assuming, I don't know if it just, the way that it pierced. It, I don't know if she got in pain. I don't know how that works. But so apparently, I don't I don't remember if they ever said Unless, how long like, it took her to die. Unless, like, she fell on her well, knees from the back hit, and then the front hit caused her to fall back. Well, I mean... It's just an odd, odd yeah. thing. I mean, I just assume, like, she was shot in the chest, that made her fall backwards, and then he came up and shot her mm-hmm. because he came up close and mm-hmm. saw just saw, okay, well, she's laying there, well, fuck the bitch, and then he shoots her from... It's just such an odd... It's weird. It's, yeah. It, the, the second shot being at that angle is really weird. Right. So the whole thing is just bizarre. And the fact that the son said there were two people. The thing is that he mentions it to Brad. Like, what do you think about it? And he's like, well, when I think about that theory... And he goes through, and he's like, you know, I thought about that, but you can't really prove that there were two people. So I don't think that was a thing. And he won't talk about the case like it's interesting because Ted Bundy did this where he will Ted Bundy would not say he was guilty. Mm-hmm. But if you could get him to talk about it like it's you're a third person. Right. And they'd say, well, OK, let's say that you're investigating this. Right. What would you do? Mm-hmm. And then it's eerie to hear him say, oh, well, I would do. Mm-hmm. And then he basically walk you through. Oh, this is why this happened. Because I would think mm-hmm. if I bludgeoned her, right. then this. Yeah. Would, you know, so then he's basically. It's admitting it. It's it's it, it's, see, it's, it's difficult because they also can get led into false confession yeah, by do doing those things. Well, but, exactly. but but again, if they are if they're volunteering stuff and they're not being fed information, right, like a lot right. of times in the false confessions, sure. they're fed more information. And then what did you yeah, do? And then, yeah. But if they're like completely just taking you through the whole scenario, right? And, and you haven't said, and there's no prompting. Yeah. So he does something like that. He's like, well, it's hard to say because I didn't do it. Well, if you did do it, if you're if you were the cop investigating mm-hmm. this, what would you? And and he would go through and he had answers for stuff. And the writer's like, oh, you know, I didn't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. I think that was even said, like, if I realized there was someone in the car, I'd crouch down so they couldn't see me. And maybe he crouches down and then shoots her from there because he doesn't want oh. the kid to see from the back seat. And the writer's like, oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. And obviously I forgot about it just till now. So, yeah. So it's interesting the things that he brings up. It, you're like, OK, are you thinking of this as a good cop or are you thinking of this because you did this? Right. He does have psychological testing. And he gets a couple different ones. And they, it, the, pretty much the overarching summation is that he does display passive aggressive behaviors right. and psychopathic behavior. Mm. So basically, the difference, I guess, between a sociopath and a psych- psychopath, sociopath can keep their life in order. Mm-hmm. And they don't have feelings, the way empathy, the way that mm-hmm. we have empathy. They see people as tools and chess pieces, but they can keep their life in order. Mm-hmm. A psychopath, it's more chaotic. So behavior like kissing your student in public it's like you don't understand the consequences you well, can't keep things as easily in line and it's he not also as said clean. he can compartmentalize yeah right so exactly so it's like so it, it's similar except sociopath is neater 
and more organized. Mm -hmm. And a psychopath is more all over the place. Mm -hmm. And they're not as quite as consistent. So they're more reckless. Sociopath would be neat. A psychopath would be reckless. And he does display reckless behaviors. Right. So how did the how did do you know how the, the prosecution presented that they thought he did it? They had the, oh my god, there were so many like the big thing was the gun, the gun that they found. It was they I don't think they found the clip and the heart. The difficult thing about the gun is that when it was made, it was made through the certain time period when they didn't put serial numbers. Mm-hmm. Okay, and also normally when you fire a gun. It creates a mark on it. Right. I can't think of the, the exact term. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's markings on it that you can identify it with that gun. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is I guess the bullets he used were softer, so it doesn't it doesn't imprint as well. Okay. So that's part of the problem is that they had an expert look at it and fire from it, and they're like, this this does seem like it's making the same markings, mm-hmm. but you he couldn't say definitively that this does have the same exact markings. So it's just this does this does look consistent. Now, as far as whether he could have owned that gun or not, he claims he sold all his guns like in 85. And I think this is 90. Right. So he claims that he sold his gun. He claims that he you know, that he thinks he could have had a 22, but he's not sure. Well, then it's interesting because somebody mentions that his father or grandfather had a 22 that was in his possession. Ah. And his mom and brother both say, and they show them a pic- they find a picture. Or they show them pictures and they're like, and not all, all of them were like, I don't know if it's the exact gun. Because, you know, you know how it is. Right. Like, if you just see something. There have to be specific markings. Yeah. On they're like, itself. I can't tell you for sure, but it looks, it looks like it. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you it's it, but it looks exactly like it. Mm-hmm. So they have family that can say, hey, this does look like the gun that he owned. Hmm. They have a neighbor kid that says they saw the gun. But there's nothing that actually says this fingerprints on a gun. It's just you. He he owned a gun that was like that gun, but they can't prove that that. And going back to the uh, gun and the bun and the mud. Yeah. Would was that ever connected? Well, I think to that her that's or um, him. Well, or... That's the thing is is there's I don't think they were ever able actually. That's why they were trying to prove that that gun was the one that he owned that was his grandpa's. Gotcha. So that's why they were pushing so hard for right. that gun to get identified, but they could never officially. I just didn't know it. ballistically if anything was. Nope. Ever. It was. They must have had enough circ- circumstantial. It was that because it um, just doesn't seem real. Right. But but I can totally see as you've gone mm. on how there. Because would yeah, because be there's arguments like if someone else is on that property, he they would have passed. If, so if someone else went to that loft mm-hmm. and shot and ran out in the time period that that was constructed, he would have seen them. Mm-hmm. So that's one art, you know, one argument that right. you would he how could he be on that farm without knowing? And he was out in the yard all day. So if they would have come out during the day, so so basically he left at what probably one or noon to get lunch lunchtime. He left at that point. So if somebody came at that point. And, and hid there in the loft for hours and hours mm-hmm. until, and that's why another reason why it's important to know who knew that she was gonna. And if he didn't even know what time she was coming home until right. the mom called, how yeah. would anybody know right. when she was coming home? Unless they would just exa- exactly, well, what, in case she comes home today, I'm gonna hang out in the bar with barn with my gun. So what does he say happened? What is his? He doesn't. He doesn't know. So he doesn't. He he doesn't have really have. He's just well. I just figure somebody came and was in the barn and and I didn't see them. Like, he doesn't really have any good... So what would be... What do you feel is would be his motive if he did it? Because, again, I, think, I just don't see... That's not a lot of money, but he could have a I fresh really start. I really think that... Yeah, I think that it's it's one of those things where it's easy to say that she was his bread and butter and he would be disrupting his own life. But if we, if we remember... The, if we think of the pattern of 
Okay, so say he is obsessed with her, and obviously he's got a cushy thing. He's teaching class once a week. Mm-hmm. He's fucking his students. Mm-hmm. He's so basically, he's living off of her. Mm-hmm. He's getting things on the side. Right. He's got this. He likes having this hardly ever working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's stuck at home with the kids, but to him it might be like this is still better than having a day job. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I mean, dealing with the kids. Like maybe I don't really want to have kids, but you know, maybe he just kind of. Had them do their own thing and just ignored them most of the day. And they were so little. I mean, a well, baby. Well, they were little, and, so they would. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, the baby yeah. would just be, you know. I don't know how old and the then baby the, was, but yeah. So, and the four or five-year-old would probably entertain himself. Mm-hmm. Was Watching still, Patrick Swayze movies. Watch, yeah, he was busy uh, learning dirty dancing. Yeah. He had a cushy life. He's used to being spoiled. Mm-hmm. He has this plan. She's going to keep doing her thing. Well, I'm going to get my doctorate. And so I'm, I'm going to work keep, on. Mm-hmm. Right. And in the meantime, he's had to deal with her being moody. Mm-hmm. He's dealt with her being, manip- you know, being yeah. stressful. And um, and then all of a sudden he's dealt with two kids that he didn't want. He sounds really resentful, but yet a little jealous. Yeah. Well, and, and even if she is, he likes that she's celebrity. He wants to, he wants right. to be the center of attention. Right. So he's torn. It helps his ego. Right. So, well, but he's torn, too, Mm -hmm. because he likes that she's letting him have this Mm -hmm. carefree lifestyle, but he resents that he's relying on her for that. He doesn't like that he has to do that. So there might be a part of him that resents himself, It sounds like they both resent each other. Right. So it kind of sounds like we had a deal. Mm -hmm. I I stay home. Right. You have the career. You're altering the deal. Mm -hmm. Brea, don't alter it farther. So I think that if you've had this buildup, we know they're having marital problems. They're having money problems. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing is he's feeling more pressure yeah. to make more money. So he's and he obviously doesn't want a job because he cries his way out of them or mm-hmm. gets fired from them or right. it's building up. And there comes a point when maybe he thinks if she's gone and even with a meager 54,000. Right. He can get set up for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can figure a way out. And he, honestly, maybe he was thinking he could pawn the kids off. Yeah. So you know? well, yeah, that's the first thing he did. Well, not the yeah. first, but yeah. So maybe it would be a thing, I lost, I lost my wife. Can they stay with you for a while? I'll sell the house. I'll get right. some more money. Or I'll whatever. figure out a way to get rid of the kids. Maybe, yeah. maybe he'd take them to fucking boarding school. Maybe he would just say, I, I don't feel that I can be good enough a father to them and give them custody to mm-hmm. his friends. So he could not have on my salary been planning. So, yeah. Right. So right. he could have been planning that. I will find a way to make it work because mm-hmm. even being alone and maybe having to get a job and having to scrape by is better than dealing with this. And she needs to be she needs to be taught. I'm the man. She's trying to change things. I don't know. I just I, just, I can kind of see where maybe it just triggered him. No pun intended. I just wonder if how much mommy and well not daddy but how much the money the um, his parents fortune or you know their money came into play to help him out because he well that's a good point he figured hey i can live i got the yeah and now i've got the sympathy say that because the cop did ask her like you've got this money where are you getting this money from for him Mm -hmm. are you taking it from do you have a fund for him do you have so the agreement was it's something like they would get they had an inheritance set aside but any money they borrowed would go against that so Mm -hmm. they'd be taking out of their own inheritance it was something i don't remember but there was something like like Right. This is where the money's coming from. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have endless amounts of money. She, I think, because I don't think she was really giving the brother any money. Mm-hmm. He had a brother. Mm-hmm. And the brother didn't really, because the brother was kind of surprised, like, oh, he's getting money? <laughs> you know, it the was rest kind of, us of a weird. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a weird. And again, it's best if you, if you I think I suggest you read the book, because there's lots of details like that. So it could be, but he knows that, I mean, he knows the money's not limitless, but yeah, you're right. He probably figures, mom can get me by for a while. I'll have the life insurance. Mommy will help me, and 
I mean, because in this case, he's got the sympathy card. And I mean, if he Mm -hmm. was getting money over a sibling anyway, then he he had her favor. Yeah. So. Though she does come to a point in in the trial where she's running out of money and she's just kind of like, I don't know, you might be on your own. Yeah. I mean, mean, what what the fuck else are you going to (laughs) do? Really? But but yeah, there's a part of me that I feel like it could be a thing. But then. I, and plus he's so cocky and the things he says about the cops and just the way he talks about it. I kind of lean towards mm-hmm. it makes sense to me that he would do it. Yeah. What did the uh, author say? I, the author doesn't come right out and say he's guilty. Mm-hmm. He heavily implies it, especially like towards the end when he says, well, I did these tests and I heard stuff. Gotcha. And and he, he did the thing where, you know how I mentioned, well, in this letter he brings up, I taught my class about the, per- you know, the perfect crime. There's no perfect crime. And mm-hmm. there was no reason for him to say that. Right. The writer says something like that, that he told him a story. And he's like, what's well, interesting, he told me this story and I didn't ask. But yeah. he offered this detail that right. seemed to cast him in this certain light. So he's like, I kind of could see how he's manipulative and charming. And he throws things in and he knows kind of what to say. But then he kind of doesn't know when to shut up because of that ego. Yeah. So to me, I really lean towards him doing right. it. Right. And it's very interesting that he kept preaching there's not a perfect crime mm-hmm. because if he did it, well, I guess, no, he, did, he didn't he get didn't away with get it. He didn't get away with it. No, that's true. But it was so minuscule, mm-hmm. the the evidence. It was so circumstantial. It, he almost got away with it. And it seemed like it took years for them to do that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it was several years at least. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and there's and and the thing is is like there's a part of a part of me I was just totally engrossed in it. But since I have a ton of other things that I'm doing, which mm-hmm. is is part of the reason the Rains Brothers hasn't come out yet, right. is because there's so much. Since I'm in a hurry to get through it, I liked it. But there are moments when I'm like, oh my god, how long is this book? Right. But I understand why because again, as you go through an investigation, things get dug up, and then you have like these people were involved and now these cops are involved and now there's this custody battle mm-hmm. and now you have this person well now we interviewed this person now we're finding out about affairs so i don't necessarily feel like anything should be trimmed down from it mm-hmm. so i think it probably should be this especially something like this that has so many ins and outs so and many twists and turns there's so many yeah and it was good in a way because there's so many details that you need to be reminded mm-hmm. Which even just in the small bit that I've told you, I've had to remind you. So what's good about it being so long is he's good at reminding you. Well, remember right. when this he said this earlier? This yeah. Then and they had said this earlier. And this happened earlier. Wow. He's good at keeping you in the loop the whole way through. And then what's good about reading through the trial is then they bring those things back up. Mm-hmm. And then right. you, and they do say, okay, so the prosecutor said this and this was their evidence. Well, the defense said this and this is their evidence. Or you know, there's so much, so fucking much. Yeah, and, it sounds like um, it. Um, so I would highly recommend I have the Beholder by Lowell Caulfield. And again, it's um, my copy is, let's see, 524 pages. Mm. So it's also, it is longer than most of the books that I tend to be reading about stuff. But if you have some time, I would definitely read it. It's, I mean, it goes back and forth and I went back and forth on, well, he probably wouldn't do it because he needed her or maybe he would do it. Now someone, I just popped in my brain, the woman at the news center, mm-hmm. the operator, she would get the calls from the stalker and because they, they'd ask for Diane. Okay. When she was questioned on the stand, they said, did it sound like Brad? And she's like, no, I've talked to Brad. It wasn't Brad. Hmm. So she said it did not sound like Brad. So that's an interesting that you did had the woman. Did they have those voice synthesizer changer well, thing and they then? Did, I don't know. She, but she said it was, well, I'm pretty sure she said it was a natural voice. It didn't sound altered. Okay. They said they were speaking slowly and deliberately. 
So I don't know if that's to disguise their voice. But again, I don't know if she's heard Brad speak. The only other thing would be that she was afraid to say if she thought maybe it was him in case it wasn't. She didn't want to implicate him if Mm -hmm. maybe. On the other hand, I think, why wouldn't she say? If she worked with this woman, and even maybe she didn't like the woman, she doesn't want to see her get killed. And so why would she protect him? It could be something like, he's like, hey, um, can you ask for my wife real quick? I got to run and do this. You know what I mean? Like maybe he's at a restaurant or something. Well, and, and yeah, it could be I mean, she doesn't really talk to him very much. Right. Or he is somehow having somebody else ask for her. Oh, I gotcha. You know what I mean? Huh. So Yeah, and then he gets on the line and talks to her. I didn't right. think about that. That's interesting. But it would if it was any of these college chickies, they would certainly have said. Oh, yeah. You know, he. I thought it was odd. He had me call and ask for mm-hmm. something. So yeah. they do go into where there was one guy that was a possible suspect because he had written her and he asked for a picture. Well, she was a little uncomfortable. So they actually had the director, I don't know, the head of the whatever, mm-hmm. her boss mm-hmm. responded and says, we don't, we have a policy where we don't send pictures out of, and the guy stopped writing, but they looked into it just in case, right. just to be thorough. But it turns, it turns out this guy is, I I think maybe he was, um maybe, I don't, I don't know if he had a lower IQ, oh, like, yeah, I know he lived at home with his dad and he just had a crush and, and, and he, yeah. he wrote to like 300 news people. Gotcha. So it wasn't just her. Mm-hmm. So he had a habit. That's what maybe he did. He was collecting pictures. He was collecting and, them. Yeah. Exactly. He had pictures of 20 others. Right. So he was just collecting. So they, they basically, and when they talk to him, they're like, I don't think there's any way that it's this guy. Yeah. And the father insists, like he's home every night at seven. Mm-hmm. He was home. Father was actually kind of pissed about the whole thing. Right. He's like, I don't know why he's writing to, I honestly thought they were going to try to make it sound like the father father did it because the father's just angry he's like we should just kill everybody we just need to kill it she's Damn. part of the fucking problem let's just fucking kill everybody God. so i thought they're gonna be like he did it wow but that he didn't bring him up anymore mm-hmm. so that was kind of but yeah so there were a lot of twists and turns and things like that and that was another problem where they kind of interviewed the that guy wrote him off and then i i think that it wasn't even in one of the reports that the later cops got so they're like getting ready for the trial or whatever mm-hmm. or they're in the trial and then all of a sudden they just happen upon that detail that mm-hmm. that guy was interviewed and they're like what the fuck we didn't know anything about this so then the cop who had written the report originally he was wanted to cover his ass yeah so he went back out and had another talk to try to and and then he filed an official report wow but you so know, so they were kind of fucking it a, up a little bit a yeah yeah it sounds like there was some bumbling and stuff like that but it's uh it's a hell of a thing and I think the other thing is he would constantly say, look, I know you're doing your job. I know you're doing your job. And he was very patient with them and he'd answer their questions and he, but then later people were like, well, why aren't you trying to push harder on the investigation? You think that you'd be as a cop. Yeah. You would be pushing and you'd Saying, be suggesting you this. things. Have you thought, yeah. Right. And he's just like, well, I, I also know as a cop that I don't want people to, to get in my way. So I'm just going to be respectful and let them do their job. But then he'd talk about how they're doing things wrong. Right. And how he always knew yeah. they were going to so fuck it's, it up. So that's another thing that that's, it's just hard to reconcile mm-hmm. as being a there's cop. There's a lot. That, yeah, there's a lot that's really. So I think it's because there's so much. And, and he, he just, I mean, the way he just outright says, oh, I'd automatically look at the husband. And I get that if you're a cop, that's probably what you would say. Right. That's, that's the truth. Because right. a lot of times it is the husband. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. It just blows my mind. Yeah. He does make a statement like, if I killed my wife, do you think that I would say something so so lame that I took a walk in the woods? Wouldn't I have a better alibi than I took a walk in the woods? But then it's like, but you, yeah. there's, but it's, in a way though, he made it so, I think he knows what it sounds like 
when someone is defending themselves. Mm -hmm. He knows what a witness. Yeah. And the best way is to be completely unsure. Mm -hmm. If you can't give definitive answers, then the cops have nothing to work with. Right. And while they may surmise that, well, when he said this, did it mean that's not proof in court? Mm -hmm. That's not really anything to go off of. Wow. So whereas if you said, oh, I saw two men in cowboy hats run away, then then you have way more to back up. You have to know way more details. Do we know if he took a polygraph or anything like that? I I know they're not admissible, but Um, I just wondered with him being an ex-cop. I honestly can't remember. I I think that was mentioned. I have... Think that maybe he did, and he might have passed it, but I, I don't want to say oh, okay. for sure. All right, I just I don't know. If he I would don't even remember. Like if uh, that was acquiesce to that. So wow. I know um, you're like, I'll do an article, and I'm like, hey, I read a whole fucking book. I'm gonna tell you every fucking word. <laughs> I figured yours was gonna be longer. Oh, I just know. didn't know how involved. Yeah, that's why I'm the queen. Yeah. I guess we'll wrap it up here because I've done lots and lots and lots of talking. Anywhere, it's been nice to have you out of the dungeon. Yes, it's nice to be out. Make sure to keep up with everything, and Igor will have some more episodes of her own coming out. Yep. And I will have episodes of my own, and we might have some more of these where we get together and talk about things. And who knows? Maybe we'll talk about movies sometime. We maybe we'll tell each other ghost stories. We don't know what will happen. we got the Razzies that are coming up. Oh, so. that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Igor signed us up to be on the Razzie boards, so we're watching terrible movies and, and judging them for that. Which is difficult when you love bad movies. Yeah. It's really I don't know. Hard some to... of these, though, actually for me, some of these, I'm like, I don't I don't want to have to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> so but that's, that's exactly so, why we should but, be watching that. Yeah, exactly. Them. Once again, thank you for joining us, and thank you for entering the lab. If you enjoy the experience and experiments of Murder Lab, go to Facebook, Instagram, and MurderLabMedia.com for updates. Share with your friends, those you created in a lab or not, as long as they can subscribe and listen, we'll take it. Murder Lab is available on Google Play and iTunes. The RSS feed is on MurderLabMedia.com for you to plug into your podcast app. We can always use more lab rats. So they decided to come back with a warrant, the 80s band. Warrant? Pour some cherry on me.